It's six o'clock, I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines, criticism for Hungary for using tear gas against migrants, man due in court charged with Hemel murder and earthquake in Chile. BBC's Three Counties Radio. The United Nations and Serbia have heavily criticised Hungary for using tear gas and water cannon against migrants trying to enter the country. Hungary insisted its action was proportionate because up to two dozen police were injured as migrants tried to break through the border fence. Joy Twos is a response team member from the Milton Keynes-based charity World Vision and has been on the Hungarian-Serbian border. She made this call. We're really urging you know, European countries to come together and find a unified approach to the crisis because otherwise we've just got this patchwork of approaches and it's changing every day and it's just really hard for these refugees. We need an approach that will treat them with dignity and care. It's been agreed that Milton Keynes will accept some of the Syrian refugees, though exact numbers are not yet known. The council will now go to central government to ask how many people will be sent to the town and what funding is available to help with resettlement. Political reporter Paul Scoynes was at the meeting last night. Nearly all councillors agreed to take on the refugees in Milton Keynes. There was one abstention and one councillor voted against the motion. No numbers have been confirmed, but it looks likely to be around 20 families over the next five years. And there are some who say whilst they're sympathetic to the plight of the refugees, there are already large numbers of homeless people in the town. But a proposal to buy private homes on the open market to house people temporarily has been shelved as it did not comply with council rules. At least five people have been killed in a powerful earthquake off the coast of Chile. The quake, with a magnitude of 8.3, has shaken buildings and caused flooding in coastal areas. It's triggered tsunami waves of up to 15 feet high. A million people have been moved from their homes. A man charged with murdering a mother from Hemel Hempstead and trying to kidnap her children will appear in court today. Nicola Cross was fatally stabbed at her home in Dunlin Road on Monday night. Lee Agnew reports. The 37-year-old had been alone at home with her two young children while her husband was at work. It's been confirmed that officers had been called to the road an hour before and spoken to Marcin Pazinski, the suspect. The 25-year-old from Claymore Avenue in Hemel will also appear at Hatfield Remand Court charged with a burglary at the house next door. A teenager arrested on suspicion of burglary has been released on bail. The Culture Secretary, John Whittingdale, has questioned whether the BBC should continue showing its main evening television news bulletin at 10 o'clock. Speaking last night at the opening of a Royal Television Society convention in Cambridge, he said politicians should not try to dictate what programmes were made by the corporation, but it was important to look at its impact on commercial rivals. In sport, Chelsea secured a comfortable 4-0 win over Maccabee Tel Aviv, it's, but it's only their second of the season. It was a bad night for Arsenal in Europe as Olivier Giroud was sent off in the 40th minute with Arsenal already a goal down. Arsene Wenger's side eventually lost 2-1 to Dinamo Zagreb in their Champions League opener last night. Finally, the weather. It's set to be a rather dry day. Good deal of sunny spells, feeling cool. Top temperature, 18 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online, bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Um... I'm telling. Leave it there, Scoinzy. If someone does a poo on a plate in the office, you let them clean it up. Someone is a dirty bird. Some dirty bird has left all this skanky cake on a plate in the office. Sweet Lord. Dirty, dirty bird. Um... Um... Hmm?
Um. Yeah, wait, okay, 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 we, we got it, we got it. Across beds, hearts and bucks. Oh, this <laughs> is BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello? Okay, yeah, we got it. We need to test that, make sure that works. Your only friend, I'm not your only friend, but I'm a little glowing friend, but really I'm not actually your friend, but I am. Yeah. Hmm. Blue canary in the outlet by the light switch, who watches over you? Make a little birdhouse in your soul, not to put too fine a point on it. Say I'm the only being your bonnet. Make a little birdhouse in your soul. I have a secret to tell from my electrical well. It's a simple message and I'm leaving out the whistles and bells. So the world must listen to me, filibuster vigilantly. My name is Blue Canary, one note spelled L-I-T-E. My story's infinite, like the Longines Symphony, it doesn't end. Blue Canary in the outlet by the light switch, who watches over you? Make a little birdhouse in your soul, not to put too fine a point on it. Say I'm the only being your bonnet, make a little birdhouse in your soul. I'm your only friend, I'm not your only I'm not actually your friend, but I am There's a picture opposite me Of my primitive ancestry Which stood on rocky shores And kept the bitches shipwreck free Though I respect that a lot I'd be fired if that were my job After killing Jason off And countless screaming argonauts Bluebird of friendliness Like guardian angels, it's always here Blue canary in the alley by the light switch Who watches over you? Make a little birdhouse in your soul Not to put too fine a point on it Say I'm the only being your bonnet Make a little birdhouse in your soul While you're at it Keep the nightlight on inside the birdhouse in your soul Not to put too fine a point on it Say I'm the only being your bonnet Make a little birdhouse in your soul While you're at it Keep the nightlight on inside the birdhouse in your soul not to put too fine a point on it Say I'm the only being you bonnet Make a little birdhouse in your soul Guys? Guys? Guys, sorry, what the heck? Don't, don't, don't let's start This is the worst part Who believe for all the world I've got a weak heart and I don't get around how you get around When you are alone, you are the cat, you are the phone, you are an animal The words I'm singing now mean nothing more than me, I do an animal 
Morning, Catherine. Hiya. Morning, Kelly. Great to have Hello. you here back, Kelly. Thank you, player. Okie dokie. We're going to do this, Goins? Yeah. You printed off a script? No. We're freestyling. We're freestyling. Into the labyrinth. 150 child asylum seekers are currently being looked after by our councils. A BBC Three Counties investigation also found that one uh, council in Milton Keynes is spending nearly a quarter of a million pounds housing 25 children. This comes at a time when the area's local authority, like many others, is struggling to deal with homelessness. Uh, Well, our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, has been looking into this. Where are these children housed at the moment, Paul? Well, they're uh, in a mix of foster carers. They're in some other institutions as well. But uh, the numbers across the patch... Uh, vary so as you say 25 in Milton Keynes you've got uh, around 35 I think in uh, in Bedford 70 in Hertfordshire so you've these are are children who have come to this country uh, under the asylum system uh, without their parents in in some cases and we don't know quite the ages of them I understand that some are quite young Um, so you you know this is something I, I, I have to admit I wasn't entirely aware of when I saw it in the council agenda for last night I thought gosh you know, these are people you just don't expect to see. You always expect families to come over. You hear uh, lots about the asylum system. We've spoken lots of times about Yarlswood in Bedford. Mm. And that's, you know, men, women, some families. But you don't think about lone but children. Kids, this is this is exactly. Uh, kids. It's kids coming on their own. It's not kids coming with their parents and then their parents kind of vanishing. Well, that's what we understand. I mean, Gosh. we think, you know, that, 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 that sometimes groups of people come and they are, uh, you know, some families, but some people, you know, get uh, collected along the way. And yeah. that, that, that's what's happening in this instance. In the Milton Keynes uh, uh, case, it's, they say, a cost of around £800,000 so far for these 25 children. Some of that comes from the government, is that some right? Some of it does, around uh, uh, just over uh, half a million pounds or so comes from the government. That still means a net spend for Milton Keynes around... Uh, a quarter of a million pounds. So they say they've got to uh, find that money. And on top of that, you know, last night they were announcing that they are, or they they agreed all but one 
Andy Dransfield, of course, who yep. you had on the programme just last he week. He doesn't want any, does he? He doesn't want any, and he was the only councillor to vote against this motion I... to accept uh, refugees into the country. I Well, I was going to say I can understand saying no to refugees. I can't, actually, because they're refugees and they're not economic migrants. But, but kids, you have to be a hard man to turn down... Kids. Well, he's not. I mean, these are these are children who are already here. So yeah. these aren't ones who are going to come in. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But you're right, and I think that's the thing. You know, he was saying that uh, you know we've got a serious homeless problem. Yeah, which we Kings, do. And you know, we need to charity starts at home. Was that mm. phrase that got used again last night? And you know, I think that you're absolutely right. And whether or not these children are going through the asylum system, we don't know quite what the outcome yeah. of that's going to be. I mean, you, you do wonder. You know, if they fail their asylum claim, what happens to them? Do they just get put back on a plane and and sent to the capital city of wherever they're from? You know, you just don't know. Um, but we'll speak later on to the Red Cross, who's saying this is an enormous problem across the whole country. Mm. And when you think about the costs that we've just mentioned, you know, replicated for every single local authority in our area. How are they ending up in Milton Keynes? Some of them are getting, they're kind of getting off at a service station, aren't they? I think that, that we, we've heard uh, about migrants who've turned up at Toddington, Toddington Services it, yeah. in Bedfordshire and Newport Pagnell as well. I don't know whether or not that's the, the yeah. route. Um, I don't know whether or not this is just where people are distributed after they've turned up on, in Dover or whatever. I don't know. I think this is we're still to sort of really understand this. We have been invited by the Red Cross, have made, I was talking to them last night and they said that they would be happy for us to come and maybe try and meet some of these children. Gosh, yeah, let's, let's have some of that. In the, yes. in the next that. few weeks or so. So, so that's, that's yep. fascinating. I think the thing about my, uh, the refugees last night is something that all councils are now going to have to deal with as well. I was going to say, how sustainable is it for the councils? Because well, there has to be a limit to what they can afford. They still don't to know. Be blunt. Yeah, they don't know quite how many they're going to take. Yeah. So the government's saying twenty thousand across five years. Now, you know, they haven't been given specific numbers, but Milton Keynes Council have done their sums and say that that equates to around twenty families over the next five years. Now, the council leader was telling me last night, well, he thinks that there's already capacity within just the private system for people offering you know, space in their homes to take that up now. And there were plenty of people in the gallery saying that they would do just that. Mm. So whether or not this means that, you know, people who uh, who are homeless, you know, there's that crisis, we don't have the housing, you know, whether or not they're going to be competing for places or whether or not there's going to be a database set up of, you know, willing uh, people from the mm. public who are going to accept these people into their homes is still to be, still be d- determined. Paul, thank you. Uh, d- d- come on, guys. Uh, dear listener, I put this out to you. There can't be anybody here that would turn away a child, is there? Someone would turn away a child? 03459 455 555. Thank you, Paul. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Quiet so far this morning. Looking at the motorways, so there's no delays at the moment on the M25, and the M1's moving well through the roadworks between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable. And High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, there's roadworks at Dawes Hill Lane, so that could cause delays later. And on the North Orbital Road in St Albans, in both directions, there's a lane closed between the Park Street roundabout and the London Coney roundabout, where work's being done to repair the Knapsbury Lane Bridge, so that could cause delays in both directions. It's been getting busy most mornings. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah. That's easy for you to say. 
6.15. It is, um... Are we on Thursday, Kelly? Yes. Ouch. These are your headlines on... Are we on BBC Three Counties Radio, Kelly? Yes. Milton Keynes Council has agreed to house Syrian refugees. A man has been charged with murdering a mother... I'm sorry, a man charged with murdering a mother from Hemel Hempstead will appear in court today. And at least five people have been killed in a powerful earthquake off the coast of Chile. On Inside Out, we asked, do we need drastic measures to tackle the housing shortage in the East? Ideally, we would like people who are in the older age group to downsize to leave family housing for those who've still got families. A tough line is being taken with rough sleepers, but is stopping handouts the answer? Rather than, than giving people handouts and then become reliant on those handouts, actually give them the support and advice that they need to actually make a positive change. Give, and we get a look at the house hand. you and I might be living in in the future. That's Inside Out with me, David Whiteley, Monday, 7.30 on BBC One. David, give a man a fish, he'll have fish supper. Give a man... You can come in, Catherine. Sorry, we're just doing the radio. Just talking to Okay. Just, I'm just trying to help David Whiteley. Give a man a fish, he'll have a fish supper. Give a man a boat, and move him near to the um, to the sea. He'll have a nice time. There's something missing. Yeah. Give a man a fish, he will eat fish. Give him a boat. He might get prawns as well. No. And sea legs. Mm. He needs he needs a rod. Yeah, he does. Forget the boat. Give a man a well. He okay. Give a man a fish. Mmm, fish, for one day. Give a man uh, a rod, he's got fish for the rest of his life.
So, imagine, right, you're waiting uh, for the bus. Uh, uh, there's a school trip. Your four-year-old has gone to the zoo. Beautiful, right? Uh, and then the bus turns up and the kid is not there. Well, that's exactly what happened to one mum from Borehamwood last Wednesday. Now, Ofsted are investigating Kids Stuff Nursery and how they managed to leave a four-year-old behind, ladies and gentlemen. Catherine Boyle's got more on this. What happened? Well, the children set off from Kids Stuff Nursery in Borehamwood on Wednesday last week. It looked like an ordinary school trip, and it should have been, to London Zoo. However, at some point towards the end of the trip, one four-year-old became separated from the group and no-one realised. Gosh. Now, a child getting separated from a group is one thing, but they got on the coach... And drove home. Hang well, surely they have a uh, what do they call it? A register. Or maybe they count. <laughs> Unbelievably, they didn't realise they'd left the child behind until they returned to the nursery in Borehamwood oh, when his dear. mum said, uh, hang on a minute, where's my four-year-old? So what the kiddie was just at the zoo, having a little wander. Yeah, fortunately a, vis- a visitor found the child wandering around, told a member of staff. They took the child to a meeting point for lost children and waited for oh, his yeah. mum, who of course wasn't there. Uh, meanwhile, the Metropolitan Police were alerted around 3pm. Fortunately, it was, well, it says it wasn't too long, but it took an hour and a half for her to get hold of her son. And That's going to be an eternity. That's uh, terrifying. I'm looking forward to speaking to the nursery later on. What time are they coming on? Well, um, we uh, attempted to speak to them. We left messages with their main office number. We emailed them. No response. This is the Kid Stuff Nursery in Borehamwood. Uh, they did tell their local paper, the Borehamwood and Elstree Times, that they were seriously investigating the matter but won't be commenting any further until the outcome of the Ofsted inspection. Wowzers. Well, uh, as you know, on this show, we often like to turn uh, story, sad stories upside down. What have you left behind? 03459 455. 555 is the telephone number. I'm always leaving stuff behind. Well. But not people. No. Generally. Well, David Cameron did it. Yeah, he, he left did. his daughter in a pub. Yeah. Pub toilet, wasn't it? Mm. He left his daughter, the Prime Minister, left his daughter in a pub toilet. I did leave I did leave a baby behind once. OK, OK, when have you left your kids behind? Let's be that specific. You know when you've um, just had a baby? No. And you have to go and get checked out? No. You get checked out all the time, so I thought it was one of those. So I went to the doctors and it was for the, si- I don't know, six-week check or something? Yes. Um, and, and it came... <laughs> I walked into the nurse's room and she said, um, so, where's the baby? And I went, oh, oh, you need to see the baby. And I went, well, yeah, it's a six-week baby check. Oh. And I was supposed to have taken the baby. Where was the baby? Home. Oh, I thought yeah, it was just yeah. looking at me. When have you left your kids behind? <laughs> 03459 my, my friend worked at that surgery and apparently they were all laughing about it all day. Um, uh, Dave in Bedford's unhappy. Why? Is David Bedford is cold? Uh, Kelly, can you call David Bedford back? On uh, you sent us a text because I'd like to discuss. Gosh, it's a capital letter text as well. If you feel the way you do about these kids, then we. Why don't you marry them? We will bring them around to your place to live you. Oh gosh. It don't no. It don't work like that, Dave. It don't. It doesn't work like that. This argument. Well, well, if you care so much about these bloody refugees, you have you have them in your house. No, it doesn't work like that. We'll try and get Dave on the phone. Morning, Steve. Morning. Steve, have you ever left a child behind? Uh, no. Um, a certain hospital nursery... Uh-oh. Um, they had my son over the summer holidays for yeah. a few weeks. Yeah. Um, because my wife works there. Right. And they went off down the park. And I was in Watford shopping. Came back at lunchtime. And on my way up the M1, got a telephone call from the police saying, we've got your hat 
uh, your son, um, where are you? And oh. I said, coming up the M1. And they said, where's he meant to be? And I go, with a nursery um, at this hospital. Yeah. And apparently he'd been found down the park. So I invited the police in when I got back and rung up this nursery who'd got him and said, oh, how's Daniel today? <laughs> he wasn't feeling too well earlier. And they said, oh, he's fine. He's sitting having his lunch. Oh. And the police had heard the whole conversation. They took the phone off me and said, um, good afternoon, this is PC, whatever. Yeah. We are on our way round to see you. We have Daniel McNabb in okay, our hands. Yeah, OK. Uh, well, listen, Steve, I'm going to end it there because we mentioned his last name and we didn't need to do that. But, uh, but he's safe and well and that's all well and good. I don't want to identify the nursery, so I, I didn't. We, we might yeah. have got one step closer. But he's safe and well. But flipping heck! Flipping heck! Well, I mean, uh, well done that the, for the police for finding him and getting in touch, and well done you for, um, well, doing an excellent call back to the uh, nursery. Where's, where's, it happened to me when I was a kid as well. Really? Yeah, I, we went to Pontins and uh, they had a cinema night for all the kids, and all the parents were supposed to go off and get plastered. I think my parents didn't; they just went and had a nice time without any children. Oh. And um, they went to pick us up, and the crocodile of kids came back. No, yeah. no, me. I was three. Where was I? Still sitting on the swing. Well, I don't think I've ever been. Um... I don't think anything exciting has ever happened to me in my life. I was very small. Oh, three four five nine four double five five double five. Thank you, Steve, for that. Uh, uh, when have you left a kid behind, or, or when has your kid been left behind? We can do that. It's incredible, isn't it? So, um, uh, you know, Elton John spoke to uh, Vladimir Putin. Yeah, except he didn't. Did he, he didn't. No, he didn't. He said, "Ah, oh, I want to kiss the Brad. I have spoken to Vladimir Putin about gay rights." I thought he. W- Vlad wasn't the sort of person who'd pick, pick up on a uh, newspaper headline. Well, he's certainly not going to pick up Elton John, Elton John is he? Ring, no. And uh, Vladimir Putin's people said, oh, no, he has not as spoken to us. Uh, sorry, Elton, we made that call from Putin, says hoaxers. He clearly thought he persuaded Vladimir Putin to discuss gay rights with him. But yesterday, two Russian hoaxers admitted they tricked Elton John by posing as their notoriously anti-gay Russian president in a phone call to the singer. Sir Elton had posted a picture of Putin on his Instagram Instagram. Uh, praising the Kremlin leader for reaching out with his healing hands. Reach out with the healing hands. Not in Russia. TV presenters Vladimir Krasnov and Alexei Stolyarov told how they rang the 60-year-old, 68-year-old, pretending to be Putin. Tricksters. Um, the, uh, oh, here we go. Beautiful. The pair were last night preparing to air a recording of the 11-minute call on their late-night chat show. I'm sure Sir Elton took it well. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) for goodness sake. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's starting to build up on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. And on the North Circular Road westbound, it's building up too between the M1 at the Staples Corner flyover and Wembley. In Hatfield on the Great North Road, there's roadworks at the junction for St Albans Road East, so that could cause some delays, but it's moving fine so far. And also in Stevenage on Martins Way, there's a lane closed while bridge maintenance works goes on in both directions between Canterbury Way and Hitchin Road, so we're being told to expect delays there too. On the train departure boards, though, there are no delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines, migrants desperate to find new ways of reaching northern Europe are now converging on Croatia after Hungary closed its border with Serbia. Hungary's been heavily criticised for using tear gas and water cannon against migrants trying to break through its border fences. Meanwhile, it's been agreed that Milton Keynes will accept some Syrian refugees, though exact numbers are not yet known. The council will now go to central government to ask how many people will be sent to the town and what funding is available to help with resettlement. A man charged with murdering a mother from Hemel Hempstead and trying to kidnap her children will appear in court today. Nicola Cross was fatally stabbed at her home in Dunlin Road on Monday night. And at least five people have been killed in a powerful earthquake off the coast of Chile. The quake with a magnitude of 8.3 has shaken buildings and caused flooding in coastal areas. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. It was a bad night for Arsenal in Europe as Olivier Giroud was sent off in the 40th minute with Arsenal already a goal down. Arsene Wenger's side eventually lost 2-1 to Dinamo Zagreb in their Champions League opener last night. The manager wasn't happy with the red card decision. It's uh, difficult because I think we had a lot of the ball and uh, I believe as well that uh, we had early chances and uh, we'll be done lucky tonight. I believe the first goal is offside after the sending off is very harsh. And uh, we have our part uh, to look at ourselves as well because uh, the second goal kills our game. We were not at our best, but nor was the referee tonight. Chelsea secured a comfortable 4-0 win over Maccabee Tel Aviv, but it's only their second of the season. Comes ahead of Jose Mourinho's side's crucial Premier League game against Arsenal on Saturday. But the manager is pleased with what he saw. The victory is very, very important. And the last two seasons we didn't start well in the Champions League at home. We lost against Basel, we drew against Schalke, right? We put ourselves in in a situation where we have to go away and win points away. In this moment, these three points, Porto draw against Dinamo, give us a good, good situation. Tottenham striker Harry Kane is in contention to start in their Europa group match against FK Carabag at White Hart Lane this evening. He'll be hoping to score his first Spurs goal of the season. Midfielder Ryan Mason won't feature, though. He picked up a knee injury while scoring the winning goal against Sunderland on Sunday. And Brendan Rodgers has defended his decision to leave a number of first-team players out of Liverpool's Europa League game in Bordeaux tonight. That's your news and sport. The next full bulletin is at seven.
Well, you know, because I told you, so I guess this question is open to Kelly and Kelly only. The, um... Uh, uh, it, oh, how do I phrase this whilst making it vaguely accurate? Hang on me a second. The original singer with the Kinks, before they were the Kinks, when they were called the Ray Davis Quartet, was... Don't mime it I'm to I'm not her. doing anything, I'm scratching my nose. Well, you... Oh, stop giving clues. Was it What's Ray that? Davis? No, no, my darling, it was not Actually, Ray Davis. Actually, that could be a clue, couldn't it? Yeah, of course it was. He's got a massive schnozzle. Was it his brother? No, my darling, no. Someone who got famous after. Someone who got well famous after. For what? For singing. In what? In... In, in the telly. Concert. And in record. What song do they sing? Well, that will tell you. Might as well tell you his name. So it's a he. Yeah, definitely. Oh, um, she's good. She's like Columbo. She's breaking me down bit by bit. What does his name begin with? Some letters. But what ones? Ah, mm. some of the... Towards the end of the alphabet. A consonant. That doesn't help her. The first name begins with the letter in the alphabet just immediately before the, the surname letter. My first is in... <laughs> I could never do those. I know, I don't know what they mean. You have a little think on that. Oh three four five nine four double five oh I didn't know I never knew this. I've read loads well, about see, the kinks and we... I never knew this until I'm reading this Ray Davis book that's like about a million pages long and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Was he famous as a soloist or in a band? Both. Oh What's Stuart? How the hell did you get that? Was that really is that true? How the hell did you get that? Special powers, isn't it? <laughs> because he was famous in a band and so were loads of other people. To know then. Hey, here's some good news. Rod um, the mod. Rod the mod. We've, uh, they're allowed to, well, they're allowed to do it. They're allowed to get married. And now they're allowed to remake Heart to Heart. That's right, the gays. What? Change of Heart. TV remake with gay couple. All right. A little bit ham-fisted the way I introduced that, but never mind. You get the idea. A little bit ham-fisted. Um, yeah. Telly classic Heart to Heart. When they met, it was Moida. 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 And that's Freeway. And that's me, Max. I'm the irritating old guy that just kind of lifts them. I like Purple what? Jennifer Hart. What was that relationship? They were married, yeah, heart no, to but heart. What was the old fella doing there? I think he was um, there. Um, Man servant? I think he was um, a concubine. <laughs> Telly classic Heart to Heart is being remade with the husband and wife detective team replaced by a gay couple. Ooh la la! Spicy! Adam and Steve? 
Jonathan Hart oh. will investigate crimes with male partner Dan Hartman in the new version. I love it already. Alice and Eve. Sorry? Hmm? God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Who made Steve then? Poor Steve. So who made Steve? Steve's Steve, the devil spawn. If you're listening, give, give us, us a, a call. call. Who made you? Who made you? In the original, which ran from 1979 <laughs> to 1984, uh, I think I've got the Adam and Eve. It was oh, Stephanie it Powers, wasn't it? Yeah, I've got the uh, Heart to Heart theme tune somewhere. Here it is. Here we go. Hang on, let's have some of this. There we go. It's the theme tune to Heart to Heart. Another one of those shows I used to watch all the time, but I can't remember any of it. In the original, which ran from 1979 to 1984, it was one of those... I tell you, here's here's how you know a good show, right? They'll solve the crime, programme's finished. No, there's an epilogue. And they'll do a funny bit, and then it'll freeze frame as she's about to pour wine on him, and he's laughing. Freeze frame. Music. So what will happen is... Oh, I'm glad... Hang on, shut up. I'm glad we solved... uh, You be her, and I'll be him. Okay. I'm glad we solved that crime. What's for dinner tonight? What's for dinner? Catch this! We're free Hey, listen, we should end all our shows like that. Yeah. Can we do that? I'm too tired to um, be interested in anything that's going out on the air at that point. (laughs) A TV source (laughs) said last night, "It's it's a break from tradition, but people have very high hopes for this modern adaptation of an absolute TV classic. I give it half a series. Here's the thing, why don't they just make um, a, a just completely separate thing that involves two gay detectives? Why does it have to be heart to heart? Trying to think what you'd call it. Oh, careful. Okay. Lawyer Jonathan <laughs> and investigator Dan will be seen trying to balance solving crimes with being gay. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> It's apparently being written... Plenty of people are balancing life with being gay, aren't they? Well done, them. It's apparently being written for US TV <laughs> channel NBC by Christopher Fife. He recently... He previously worked on groundbreaking sitcom Will and Grace, which was also about gays. The original... <laughs> it, was, it was a bit about gays. I never watched it. It was good. I like Karen. The, the original Heart to Heart... <laughs> ran for five series before spawning eight made-for-TV films. Jonathan and Jennifer led a glamorous jet-set life in the show. Of course, you know the, um, you know the rumours about um, Robert Wagner, don't you? Which ones? Oh, well, excuse me. We go, you said. I've heard that, that rumour too. Said, the the rumour being he's an excellent actor, but he likes to keep it under wraps. He doesn't. He doesn't like to show it very often. So he appears very wooden in all of the things that he. Uh, what he done appear in. What other shows could we gay up? All of them. There's not enough. Wait, what's well, the I mean, percentage? It's let's... not the basis. It's not the basis. All right. Let's 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 work this out. What's the um, um, percentage of um, homosexuality? 50%, 50% of the people are gay? Just, just... I don't know, I think slightly less than that, isn't it? Okay, let's say, let's round it up. 50% of people are gay, so that means 50% of our TV programme should be A gay. A lot of people don't mind these days, either. Doctor Who's gay now. Is he? He's bisexual. Okay. Well, he's got three hearts as well, hasn't he? Is it what? Three hearts. There got, we go. Got a lot of love no, to he's, give. Got, he's got two hearts, mate. They're going to be accurate. All right, okay. Um, don't watch go. it, it's for... Um... <laughs> 
Do you don't watch it because he's bisexual. That's bisexualist. Love bisexual. You know I myself am trilingual. Oh, I do. I'm um, trisexual. I'll try anything once. (laughs) No. But I won't do that. Uh, what have you got in the page? This lad, a Muslim pupil arrested in the US. Africa. Is it relevant that he's a Muslim? Do we have yeah, to mention he's a yeah, Muslim? Yeah, it totally is. BBC Muslim? It totally is, because he took a clock into school and hey. they thought it was a bomb because oh. he's a Muslim. Ah. So, yes. Why would you take a clock into school unless it's clock day? Because he's a clever lad who made a <laughs> clock and wanted to show it off, right? We've all done stuff like that. I took in a book I'd written. I hadn't written it. I copied it out from another book. Oh. Took that in to show off at school. Fortunately, I wasn't a security risk. I love clock day. (laughs) Poor Ahmed Mohammed, 14, proudly took his clock to MacArthur High in Irving, Texas. But the teacher's concerns prompted the school principal and police to question the teenager, search his belongings and march him off in handcuffs, right? He wasn't charged. Police said the case was closed, but the school suspended him for three days. Uh, um... Do you know what's happened? Barack Obama's got involved. On Twitter. He praised the teenager, writing on Twitter, Cool clock, Ahmed. Want to bring it to the White House? We should inspire more kids like you to like science. Um, We are asking, uh, when have you... We've turned a sad story upside down. When have you been left behind as a child? When has a child left you behind? No. When When have you you left left something behind? Yeah. Kyle from Bedford says, My sister and I were once left on a train. (gasps) The tannoy said the train wasn't stopping at the next stop, so my nan and granddad told us to get off. But we got off, but they were stuck on the train. Oh, so they were. My final few, view of them as they left were my nan at the door and her knitting outside the door unravelling as the train headed oh. off. Oh, that's sad. Um, and there's another one here. Um, where is it? In 1990, age seven, while on holiday in Devon, my parents couldn't find me on the caravan site we were, that we were staying at. They spent an hour looking. Then when I suddenly came out of the amusements where I'd been with another boy, Ben. Was Ben the other boy, or... Robin's on the line. Morning, Robin. Morning, morning. Sorry to pick you up on one little thing, if I may. Please pick me up on one little thing, if you may. I think that background music you were playing was Starsky and Hutch, Uh, and not Heart to Heart. uh, uh, Uh-uh-uh. I think it was. Uh, uh, Uh-uh-uh. Oh. Oh. I think it was Zebra 3, that red and white car with a little red light no, on the top. No, 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 no. What I played there was most definitely the um, theme tune to Heart to Heart. I don't get things like that wrong. Oh, oh. Well, I do apologise, but I think that was... Uh... When they met, it was Moida. Heart to Heart, mate. You're wrong on this one. I'm really sorry, Robin. You're wrong. Mm, OK, then, OK. But I'll put it out to the rest of the listeners. I'm sure that's not Hang on a second. Who's on Fader 3, Kelly? Who's Ella, who's that? Is that Bill? Hi, hello. Hello, Bill. You're through to um, uh, Robin. Hi, morning, Robin. Morning. I la- morning. Well, I think I'm on the same wavelength as you. I'm sure that is Starsky and Hutch, but a slightly mellow, jazzed-up bird. I remember it well, Captain Guys, you you guys, you're you're living in a fantasy land. You've been hanging out with Huggy Bear too much. This is heart to heart. It was Moida. It will be Moida if you play the wrong theme tune. I've been threatened. Click that. Send it to the police. You heard that? Um, Girl. In the panic and the fear, I've forgotten the girl's name. Callie. Callie. Click that. You heard that. That was a threat to Moida me. Live on air. Wowzers, terrifying. This is the theme to Heart to Heart, guys. I do not make mistakes like that. 
Okay. Hang on a minute. Put Tony. Just put Tony through. What, what does Tony's beef? What's, what? Tony, I'm just putting you straight through. Hang on. Who are these people think they are? Uh, it's not your first rodeo, is it, Sheila? Too. Morning, Tony. Hello, Can you tell these slackers they're wrong, please? Can I tell you what? Hello. Hi. Tony, yeah. Yeah, th- can you tell these slackers they are wrong? I don't know about that, but I'm going back to the King's lead singer. Oh, yeah? Rod Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five pounds. Five pounds. Five pounds coming your way, boss. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. Three BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M southbound, it's very slow around Junction 8 for Stevenage towards uh, 7 for the A602. And the M1 towards London is also getting busy now around Junction 9 for Redbourne. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's slow from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford. And in New South Gate on the North Circular Road, there are queues building up between the Bounds Green Road and the Arnos Grove. On the trains, the 653 service from Welling Garden City to London King's Cross has been cancelled. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 6.46, it's Thursday the 17th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been agreed that Milton Keynes will accept some Syrian refugees, although exact numbers are not yet known. Migrants are now converging on Croatia after Hungary closed its border with Serbia and a man charged with murdering a mother from Hemel Hempstead will appear in court today. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. Today's going to be a much drier day. We'll see um, most places dry. There is a bit of cloud around this morning, but things will slowly brighten up. So a big improvement on what we saw yesterday. Brightening up some sunny spells around as well. We might just see the odd stray shower here and there, but most places are going to stay dry. And with the wind coming round to more of a southwesterly through the course of the day, then it will feel quite nice and pleasant in the sunshine. Top temperatures today will be up to around 17 or 18 Celsius, 64 in Fahrenheit. Now, overnight tonight, we'll see most places stay dry. We could get a few mist and fog patches into tomorrow morning. Lows of around 11 or 12 degrees Celsius tomorrow. After that mist clears then we'll see a mostly dry day. There will be the risk always of a few thundery showers around and they could be quite slow moving as well given this quite high rainfall total. So something to watch out for, for tomorrow. We may well see those showers but many places will be dry. There'll be some sunny spells around and it's looking dry and bright over the weekend. That's the forecast. Thank you Elizabeth. Thank you. There we go, you see. Uh, 03459 455 555. I want to skip that one. I'll go straight to that. Overthinking again about every little thing you do. But you're forgetting about everyone that means something to you. You have thousands of worries that all boil down to one an insecurity about life. Crying home is an everyday thing for you I go through a box of tissues in your little tiny room Your cheeks are red From the warm seas rolling down your face But then you'd cry some more I guess it's just one of those things but you don't wanna get out of bed Crystallize yourself in those covers To the point where it won't get out You have a beautiful story That's not the way you should be writing it down You have a beautiful story 
That's not the way you should be writing it down Quite happy one day Then very sad the next A jar speakers of idea it was co-written if the guy who sang that is listening that's a bit you miss bailey mcconnell mm-hmm. what else do you know about my, him he's, he's my brother from another mother mm-hmm. tell us about that song why and don't you, why don't you tell us about okay him? bailey McCon- uh, mcconnell yeah uh, brother of uh, kareem bailey ray that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and McConnell's builders. There we go. Uh, that's his song called uh, you should have written it down with this writing it and it's a beautiful love song and it's about his nana and uh, how she used to love making a fruit pie at the weekend mm. from fruit that she'd scrumped from the old church until the vicar went psycho and shot her. What? Dead. Spot on. Thank you very much indeed. And he's Gosh, local. He's local. He's, he's from Bedtards and Bugs. Milton Keynes. Mm. He's ill on Saturday. He's oh. taken over the show. What? Mm. We need to stop this madness. He's been traumatised by the, the uh, priestial murder of his grandmother. <laughs> traumatised. 
He's been traumatised. We can't allow him to take over. What if he brings in a clock? It's clock day. It is clock day. On Saturday. Always mm. at the weekend, isn't it? Well, I look forward to that. If so, I wanted to go and buy his records. Yeah. Could you lend me some money? Because yes. I'm not going to spend my own cash on it. Yeah, of course I can. Thank you so much, my darling. Eduardo's on the line. Good morning, Eduardo. Uh, hey, that was... The singing was all right. Uh, listen, don't sing, yeah? What? The falsetto, <laughs> showed, the falsetto showed some promise. The falsetto was good, and that surprised everybody here. You can hear Eduardo knows what he's talking about. Eduardo does not have a clue what he's talking about. I can hear him I've tinkling on the ivories in the background. That worries I've me. I've never had a clue. Uh... Anyway, I just wanted to say, you owe me 79p. Is your you're, phone... Uh, you're, is your, hang on a minute. Is your phone made... No, again. Eduardo, <laughs> is your phone made out of cardboard? We can't hear you properly. I'm in my orangery. Shall I move? Yes. Hey, go move to your conservatory instead. Go to the conservatoire. No. Now, don't be rude. <laughs> don't be rude. Anyway, I was going to say, yes. you owe me 79p. What? Because I've downloaded the Starsky and Hutch theme tune. Yes. And it's not what you advertised. Well, I never advertised the Sasuke and Hutch theme tune. I advertised the Heart to Heart. Hello? 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 What? Thanks for calling. Dave's... <laughs> Dave... Ooh, flipping heck. Dave... This sounds better. Dave's underwater. Morning, David. Morning. What you got for us, boss? Mate, that is the uh, Starsky and Hutch theme tune, because uh, the Heart to Heart one... I know off the top of my head because my upper half's got here as a ringtone. Sing it. That's Starsky and Hutch. Mate, you're playing Starsky and Hutch. Right, okay. Okay, right, so that was the Heart to Heart theme tune that I played. Can I play you the Stars? I've got it queued up here. Can I play you the Starsky and Hutch theme tune? Go for it. And then we put this to bed and we never mention it again, all right? Because I hate embarrassing. Here we go. So this is Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, you're going to sound silly now. Right, that's Starsky and Hutch. This is Heart to Heart. Your wife's got the wrong theme tune on her ring tone. Well, thanks for being pwned, Dave. He took it well, didn't he? Well. Like a man. You have to. You have to in these instances. Ah, dearie, dearie me. Harry Plugholes. Excuse me? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Great band. Got their second album on vinyl. Signed by the bass player. That won't be happening again soon. <laughs> Hair in the Plughole is our biggest hotel gripe. No, it's not. No, it's a not. Travel dirty, guide claims. dirty sheets. Thin walls. Mm. Nine out of ten people said it was a sign a stay was going down the drain with dirty shower curtains and noisy neighbours close behind. Yeah, they were close behind. And two-thirds of guests lose sleep over saggy beds. No. Poor Wi-Fi upset a third of people, quizzed, while breakfast ending too early was another common moan. No, get up earlier. Adam oh. Raphael of Good Hotel Guide, which ran the survey, said British guests have got more sophisticated since we began in 1978. Remote controls. That's what my gripe is. Sorry? Filthy. Disgusting. I've got some... There's a I had one with, that was taped together. Oh. And then I lay down on the pillow and I could smell other people on it. You know when I used to stay in that place? I stayed in... Uh, it sounds like a similar establishment. One night I stayed in the room and none of the lights worked. Or There was one and the guy in front of me was complaining that the toilet didn't work in his. And he said, I want another room. They said, we haven't got one. He said, well, the toilet doesn't work. She said, well, can you hold it all night? What? And he said, no. She said, OK, what we'll do, there's a room on the floor below you that we can't rent out because it's not in very good condition, but we can give you the key, and if you need to use the toilet in the night, you can go there. 
Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you go to page 26, and oh, by the way, the Times has got the weirdest story today. Where's, let me just read the headline from the Times. Uh, you try and tell me, here's the quiz. Tell me why this is interesting and why this is a news story. Jeremy Corbyn and Diane Abbott were lovers. I mean, that's in the Times, guys. Jeremy Corbyn and Diane Abbott were lovers. Why is that? Why is that? Anyone? No, of course you can't. 26 and 27 of the Daily Mail, we get to look inside Liz Taylor's house. Mm. And like all people with a lot of money, she had absolutely no taste whatsoever. <laughs> it is awful. The cowboy boots alone. The cowboy boots, the mauve sink. Now, here's the thing. I have got about an hour's worth, this is true, of unseen footage of Michael Jackson pushing Elizabeth Taylor around in a wheelchair in a hotel. You stalked them for an hour. No, he's the, we got time. We'll, we'll be late for the travel. Wait, wait. You're like this, Sammy, so you don't mind waiting, do you? Oh, okay. No, that's okay, all right. You're like this, right? So years and years ago, when my wife was like a journalist student, right? Her and her friends were outside a hotel that Michael Jackson was in, the Dorchester, uh -huh. with a video camera, a big old video camera, right? And they were going to like try and. And Jackson walked past them, screaming and stuff, and he looked at them and he spoke to his security guards, and uh, then they they all went in. And about five minutes later, the security guards came out and said to uh, my wife and her two friends, Mr. Jackson would like to meet you. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> they, were, they were like 21, 22, so it's okay. So they went upstairs. Yeah, and yeah. And so they went upstairs to his room and he said, Hi, I'm Michael Jackson. And I see you got a video camera. I'd really like you. It's not bad, is it? It's not bad, Sammy. It's uncanny. It's making my um, inside Actually, shrink. Actually, it sounds more like Sammy Bruff. I, I'm Sammy Bruff. I'm Michael Jackson. And you got a video camera. Anyway, basically, he invited them to um, film him. Doing what? Pushing Elizabeth Taylor around oh, in a wheelchair. Oh, thank goodness for that. Um, and there's like an hour of this stuff, and it's never been seen before. Because it's just a bloke pushing a woman no, around in a wheelchair? No, it's not just a bloke. It's Michael Jackson and Elizabeth Taylor. How do I make dollar out of that? YouTube. Uh, what? Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 northbound, there's been an accident between Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross Roundabout and 5 for Stoke and Church, which has blocked the road at the moment. It's also very slow towards London through that stretch between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross Roundabout. That's because it's been set to 50 miles an hour there and there's some debris on the road. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. And the M1 towards London is busy at Junction 9 for Redbourne. In Neasden on the North Circular Road, there are queues between the M1 at the Staple Corner Flyover and Wembley, Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. There must be a way to make a dollar from that. There must be. Muchos dolaros. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines. Milton Keynes Council agrees to accept Syrian refugees. Man due in court charged with Hemel murder and earthquake in Chile. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
It's been agreed that Milton Keynes Council will accept some Syrian refugees, though exact numbers aren't yet known. It comes as a BBC Three Counties investigation has uncovered 150 child as- asylum seekers are currently being looked after across beds, hearts and bucks. Political reporter Paul Scoynes was at the Milton Keynes Council meeting last night when an emergency motion was passed to accept the refugees. Councillors have agreed to take on refugees in Milton Keynes. Though no numbers have been confirmed, it looks likely to be around 20 families over five years. There are already 25 unaccompanied children asylum seekers being cared for in the town and in total just under 160 children across the three counties. There are some councillors who say whilst they're sympathetic to the plight of the refugees, there are large numbers of homeless people in the town and they should be cared for first. The United Nations and Serbia have heavily criticised Hungary for using tear gas and water cannon against migrants trying to enter the country. Hungary insisted its actions was proportionate because up to two dozen police were injured as migrants tried to break through the border fence. Joy Tuz is a response team member from the Milton Keynes-based charity World Vision and has been on the Hungarian-Serbian border. She made this call. We're really urging you know, European countries to come together and find a unified approach to the crisis because otherwise we've just got this patchwork of approaches and it's changing every day and it's just really hard for these refugees. We need an approach that will treat them with dignity and care. One million people have been ordered to leave their homes in Chile and seek higher ground after a massive earthquake off the country's Pacific coast. The quake triggered a tsunami with waves up to 15 feet high. Five people are known to have died. A man charged with murdering a mother from Hemel Hempstead and trying to kidnap her children will appear in court today. Nicola Cross was fatally stabbed at a home in Dunlin Road on Monday night. Lee Agnew reports. The 37-year-old had been alone at home with her two young children while her husband was at work. It's been confirmed that officers had been called to the road an hour before and spoken to Marcin Pazinski, the suspect. The 25-year-old from Claymore Avenue in Hemel will also appear at Hatfield Remand Court charged with a burglary at the house next door. A teenager arrested on suspicion of burglary has been released on bail. Ofsted is investigating how a four-year-old boy was left behind at London Zoo during a school trip from a Hertfordshire nursery. The boy from Kidstuff Nursery in Borehamwood was taken on an outing to the zoo last week. The Metropolitan Police said it received a report of a missing child shortly before 3pm on Wednesday. While at the zoo, he became separated from his carer but was reunited with his mother the same day. In the sports news, Chelsea secured a comfortable 4-0 win over Maccabee Tel Aviv, but it's only their second of the season. It was a bad night for Arsenal in Europe as Olivier Giroud was sent off in the 40th minute, with Arsenal already a goal down. Arsene Wenger's side eventually lost 2-1 to Dinamo Zagreb in their Champions League opener last night. Finally, the weather, a rather dry day, good deal of sunny spells, feeling cool, top temperature 18 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online, bbc.co.uk slash counties. Just bear with me. I'm trying to find a video online of a two-year-old Iranian boy climbing a wall. Found it. Jeez, those are, um... Wow, there we go. Hang on. I'm um, I'm watching uh, a two-year-old Iranian boy in what looks like, I'm going to be honest, a dungeon, <laughs> swinging on a trapeze, and now he's doing the splits in just his pants. And now he's doing the splits, but a little bit higher. Right. 
He's very muscly, isn't he? Hang on, have you seen the video? No, I've seen photos. Right, Where's hang on a minute. I'm, I'm going to send you the link. We're going to watch this together at the same time, OK? Hang on a second. Right, hang on. Just, just bear with me, dear listener. Okay, I've just said, I'm going to I'm going to tweet the link as well, guys, because this really is. Um, it, it, it's hard to convey on radio just how amazing this is, but it's amazing. Right. It's amazing. Let me just say, let's get out of here. Let's I'm just, it. Okay, hang, well, hang on, wait, wait, don't play it. Yet. No. Okay. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. doggy daddy. Hang on a second. Right. So, hang on. Right. Uh, th- 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 I'm gonna, and we'll try and describe what it is we're seeing. Okay, so it's an Iranian gymnast, Arat Hosseini. Um, Little he's red shorts, old. yeah, ready? navy blue vest. Steady, go. go. Okay, so there he is. Oh, first one's, first one's not that impressive. Okay, backwards into a crab. One leg up. He's gonna, right? He's got chunky thighs, isn't he? Well, he's two. I'm not body shaming. He's doing guys. a walkover. Okay, easy. But look at the next one. Here we go. Hey! He's swinging from a trapeze in his blue pants. His hands must be stuck on. Oh, oh no, he's that. going over like a little monkey. <laughs> That's the thing, he's like a little monkey! His dad is from, right, said Fred, I think. Didn't yeah. know they're from Iran. Gosh, my, my daughter's been going to gymnastics for a week. She can't do any of this stuff, the slacker. Wow! Box splits. Box splits. And he's, no, it's a handstand box split. Flipping egg nose on stilts! <laughs> he's got he, a little he's nappy on. Kisses to the crowd. Here we go. Back on the trapeze. Over this he goes. Is... I mean, honestly, guys. Um... How do you make them do this? Ooh, oh, gosh. right through his arms. That so arm's going to snap, isn't it? He needs to go backwards. He, he can't. He's his dad's he's, loving it. His dad is loving it. Oh, on the bed. Slow-mo, slow-mo, slow-mo. Backflip. Flipping heck. Blimey. I, I mean, I, I know this isn't great. He's doing thank you fans. Yeah, she's doing thank you fans. Yeah. I know this isn't the greatest radio in the world, describing a two-year-old doing stunts. But honestly, Arat Hosseini, go and have a look. Oh, he's doing press-ups on the work surface now, right near the oven. His face, is going, into the, his face is going into the grill, into the, the hob. He's doing press-ups. Yeah, uh, his dad's having a, giving a press-up. This up. can't be good for him, can it? Mm, well, it's teaching him discipline. Yeah, but it's going to make it's him... It's teaching him showing off. Look at his dad showing off. I'm faster than you are fast. I can do faster what, than you, you can. As soon as... Oh, what? my... He's swinging from his legs from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> He's upside down and his legs, I guess, I guess are tied to... Um... Wow, there you go, guys. Um, I hope you got as much pleasure he from that. He looked like he was enjoying himself, to be fair. Well, yeah. But there's no sound. No, no sound. It could have been... Look, sometimes when we, we are scared, we smile, but we scream. That sometimes happens. Have we got any texts before I crack on with this show? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we have. OK. Um, I Jeremy Cor- Right, so Maffin Hanslope says, Jeremy Corbyn, that story. No. He's white, Diane Abbott is black, and their baby would have been... Red. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The story in the Times is Jeremy Corbyn and Diane, Ab- Diane Abbott were lovers years ago, right? And we're what? talking years ago, proper seventies. Well, t- I don't get. A, I don't get. Uh, I mean, the, the story is that he he, he didn't intervene in uh, an argument that she had with someone else because they were lovers thirty years ago. Mm. Why are we talking about their baby? Because they not had a baby; they just had it away. Why are we even? Talk- why do I even know that he? Why do I need to know Jeremy Corbyn's previous sexual partners? What the? When it comes to uh, uh, you know trying to discredit a politician, that's pretty low. It's not as if he's been you know having gangbangs with rent boys or anything like that. That some politicians have done. He had consensual sex with a woman thirty years ago, and 
And they've managed to keep a working relationship, which I think, you know, the hats b- off to both. The best argument people have got against Corbyn after yesterday's um, uh, uh, Prime Minister's questions was, well, it's a little bit dull. You, That's you the best argument they've got! You know they tried because he's had three wives. His first wife, do you know what she says about him? No. He's a nice fella. Uh-oh. Second wife? She must slag him off. Well, I don't know. There we go, you see. Well, it, I just, I mean, if that's the worst they can find. He, he had sex with a black lady 30 years ago. Is, is that, I mean, that is what that, they're trying to say? Is that the angle? I don't know what, I, I cannot, if anyone can explain that story to me. It's in the Times. If anyone can explain why we need to know who Jeremy Corbyn slept with, 03459 555555. I cannot get my head around it at all. 81333, start your text 3CR. Now, a three-counties investigation has found that there are currently over 150 unaccompanied asylum-seeking children being cared for by councils in beds, hards and bugs. We've discovered that one council in Milton Keynes is spending nearly a quarter of a million pounds housing 25 children seeking asylum. This comes at a time when councils are struggling to deal with homelessness in the three counties. Well, John Archer is the chief executive of Luton-based homeless charity LAMP and is on the line now. Morning, John. Good morning, Ian. John, how many children are you currently caring for? Uh, in total, around uh, 16, 45 and 50. Blimey. Um, and I, 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 just to clarify, are any of those children um, refugees? Yes, they are. They are. And how, and, and how many of those are refugees? Around, uh, let me just think, um, about... 25. Okay, okay. So, so, so it's, it's a significant number. How, do we know how they're, how they're getting here? Oh, yes. Um, when they arrive, they will have to be um, assessed as being unaccompanied minors, and so we have to be very sure how they arrive and, and that their story is true, so they're not... Uh, they're, we make sure they are unaccompanied minors. So they're uh, coming, a lot of them coming from Tonnington um, service station, right. bar service station, Dropped off and uh, found on the side of the road, where the police picked them up, and then uh, informed social services of their need. How old are these kids? Um, if they're unaccompanied minors, they're normally between the ages of about fifteen and seventeen. Blimey! Um, and mm. how do how how do they find you know how do you find yourself uh, in contact with them? Is it is it the police, the council that that puts you in ch- in touch? Yeah, uh, they're normally. Uh, dropped off by the lorry that's brought them in through the ports uh, and they make themselves available or known to the police. They know what to do. Uh, and then once they're uh, identified as uh, being at risk, uh, then the police will inform the, the social services and social services will ask us if we can house them and look after them. And what do you do, John? What, 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 once you, you have, you know, child A is, is yeah. in contact with you, how, how do you help them? Okay, um... You've got to remember, these guys are coming in off of a lorry, and we had four, for example, in December, who came in in just shorts and a T-shirt and some sandals. That's all they had. And they were freezing cold. They've normally got some level of health condition. They're normally dehydrated uh, and normally haven't eaten very much at all. Um, We had one young guy recently who uh, was uh, saved out of a, a chilled truck in Potter's Bar, that was full of chocolate and he was with 12 others. So they're in a pretty bad state when they arrive here. So we give them accommodation. Uh, we ensure that they are uh, healthy. We have them uh, taken to a doctor, a dentist, uh, make sure any conditions are sorted out. Uh, and then we start to care for them as you would any other unaccompanied minor. These are the ones that made it. Um... Yes. 
Yes. The, uh, how do I put this delicately? I can't. There must yeah. be loads that didn't make it. Um, I'm sure that's the case. We've seen horrific pictures lately, and there's been the awful truck in uh, Austria. Oh, wasn't sure. that the saddest thing? Yeah. So I think, um, yes, we, we get the ones who are lucky. Uh, they are uh, fleeing from either uh, a war-torn area. Many of, our, many of the young people are fleeing from uh, enforced uh, army service in Eritrea. Uh, these are like 15, 16-year-olds being put in the army. So they run away, which I can't blame them. Um, and so their stories are uh, heart-rendering. And uh, as a country, we have to try and help them. OK, now you say that we have to try and help them. And uh, I'm sure you can imagine doing this kind of show, yes. uh, we have lots of people that disagree with that. And I'm trying to find the text sure. that we had um, uh, uh, earlier on. Oh, we go. Ian, if you feel the way you do about these kids, then we'll bring them round to your house and you can put them up. So there are, John, there are a number of people that think we don't have to help them. I don't think that was. I, I don't think that's what Britain's all about. I think we should be a caring nation. We ha, we have capacity, just like other countries have capacity, uh, and I think our country has always tried to look after those that are in need. And I wouldn't like that to change. That's not the country I want to live in. And, well, I was going to say, I, I said this before, I was going to say I can understand why people not wanting adult refugees. Actually, I can't, you know, because they are refugees. They're not economic yeah. migrants. They are refugees. But also, you, these, these are kids, 15-year-old kids. Yes. They, they, they are sent on a journey by their parents to try and save their lives. Mm. And they've made a five or 6,000-mile journey over a number of months. Over, you know, they've walked, they've been in, uh, in the back of trucks, uh, they've, they've, you know, they've, they're pretty resilient in trying to get here in the first place. And as you said, these are the lucky ones that have made it. Uh, John, uh, it's, it's fascinating. You mentioned that, that truck in Austria. Oh, God, that was yeah. just this. Oh, I had tears in my eyes when I heard that story. That was the saddest Absolutely. thing. Um, if people want to find out more about LAMP, your, uh, yeah. your, your charity, um, how can they get involved? They can, they can uh, look at our website, which is www.lamp.community. Uh, they could email me at john at lamp.community or they could call us on uh, 01582 431 um, I really appreciate you coming on. Next time we'll make sure you get a bit longer, John, because it's a it's, it's no, fascinating no, no. story and, um, you know, keep up the good work. It's not going to go away, I'm afraid. Yeah. No, it's, it's not, so I'm sure we'll be talking soon, soon. John, thank you very much indeed. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 is blocked northbound between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 5 for Stoke and Church because of an accident involving a lorry. And there's some debris on the other side of the road too, so the M40 towards London has four-mile queues between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe. On the M25, anti-clockwise, it's busy from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. And Hemel Hempstead, the A41 slow southbound from the Hemel Hempstead turn-off towards the M25. And in Clophill on the A507, that's reported to be busy in both directions around Bedford Road. And we've just had on the M11 southbound the entry slip road at junction 8 for Bishop Stortford's being partially blocked by an accident. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nice one, Sammy. Seven sixteen, Thursday the 17th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been agreed that Milton Keynes will accept some Syrian refugees, although exact numbers are not yet known. Migrants are now converging on Croatia after Hungary closed its border with Serbia. And a man charged with murdering a mother from Hemel Hempstead will appear in court today. 
Three Counties Sport. The live commentaries this Saturday are Newcastle versus Watford, MK Dons hosting Leeds, Luton against Mansfield and Stevenage away to Barnet. How do you see it going between Hornets and Newcastle? Watford, good start to the season, solid, aren't conceding many goals. What about MK Dons against Leeds? Massive away following, this is going to be tough for Milton Keynes Dons. Luton at home to Mansfield. They're still not really hitting their straps, they need to sort themselves out quickly. And Stevenage at Barnet. They're picking up the results under Teddy Sheringham, this could be a close one. Find out how your team gets on in Three Counties Sport, Saturday from 2 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank, thank you, fans. Nick in Hitchin. Nitchin. Ian, what is that you singing Birdhouse earlier? It was awesome. Any chance you could play it again? Every ch- There is every chance. You wait till I do, do it again by the Beach Boys. I haven't got it with me. Wow. But. You're going to overdub yourself. I might do the vocal harmonies. I remember once, me and my friend. Um, Spence, we were very, very drunk. Mm. We were very, very drunk. And it was a karaoke. And um, we did, um, I think we did a Simon and Garfunkel. No, we did a, we did an Everly Brothers and we did nice harmonies. It was mm. nice harmonies. Everyone was going, that was great harmonies. Was it though? It was. Because sometimes you can't tell no, when you're no, that no, far no, gone. No, 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 It was good harmony. It was good harmony singing. I'm going to sign those boys up. And we are just on the cusp of getting a record contract and we got a bit, we weren't, but we got a bit cocky and we thought, right, that was good. I know what, let's do good vibrations. Oh, the Beach now, Boys. come on. Now, the Everly Brothers, two voice. There were two of us. The Beach Boys, five voice. And we were so, um, let's say, confused <laughs> that we didn't know, neither of us knew which, we should have just stuck to one harmony Track, yeah. and gone for it. But we didn't. And so we're like crisscrossing and trying to, we're all trying to do, the two men trying to do five uh, uh, piece harmony. It ended very, it ended in shame and humiliation. Public should have stopped with the Everly, shouldn't you? Should have stopped with the Everly's. So should rock and roll, many people say. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. You're welcome. Yeah. So um, I might do Birdhouse later. I might do Do It Again later. I'll bring in my Beach Boys Stacco Tracks CD. Um, I might, I might do a little bit of um, um, Neil Young as well. It We're might even to. be in the pod. Excellent. Oh! Can we do that? Yeah, sure, we could do that. I mean, do we have to do that? We d- we don't have to. Now, um, it, let's read this really slowly so it stretches for eleven That's minutes. Okay, I can stretch it. Imagine. <laughs> okay, imagine waiting for your four-year-old to come back from a trip to the zoo only to find he ain't on the bus. Well, that's exactly what happened to one mum from Boreham Wood last Wednesday. Now, Ofsted are investigating kids' stuff nursery and how they managed to leave the boy behind. Catherine, what happened? Right, the kid set off from uh, kids' stuff nursery along with the rest of his classmates in Boreham Wood on Wednesday last week. What should have been an ordinary school trip, they're off to London Zoo. Is there ever such a thing as an ordinary school trip? Well... I don't think so. If they all leave and all come back, then that's a successful trip, isn't it? As long as they come back with flick knives and mucky mags. <laughs> Not these, they're a bit young, but, you know. Oh, no, these are lot. these lot of four. Yeah. Uh, however, at some point towards the end of the trip, one four-year-old became separated from the group and no-one noticed. Oh. Now, a child getting separated from a group is one thing, but they managed to get on the coach... Start the coach up, drive all the way home, 
and they didn't realise until they saw the face of the mother saying, where on, the, on earth is my what four-year-old? What is it with coach companies these days? When I was young and used to use coaches, whether it was a school trip or to, because it was cheaper than trains, they were run by fascists who made... They counted everybody off and they counted well, everybody on. In this case, it wouldn't have been the coach company's no. fault, would it? It it's would have been stuff. the people who were looking after the children. Kid and there stuff. are really strict rules as to how many kids per adult and all that stuff. So I know, I've, ha- done, I've done the school trip. I had a meeting with my boy's um, uh, teacher the other day, new teacher, and um, she says, well, if you'd like to get involved in any way, you know, with... The... I said, school trips? She went, yeah, right, I'm there. Uh, tell me when. I'm there. I love a good school trip. Oh, I love it. Get to tell off other people's kids. It's brilliant. Oh, is that part of it? That's the main buzz for me. Can you put them in detention and give them lines <laughs> yeah. on that? <laughs> yes, you can. Excellent. I should get involved in that. Mm. Um, so they didn't realise until they got got back to Boreham Wood. The mum's standing there thinking, where on earth is my four-year-old? And indeed then the alert was raised. Uh, fortunately, what happened was this. I know you're going to ask me. Oh, what happened <laughs> next? <laughs> A visitor found the child wandering around the zoo told a member of staff yeah. they took the child to the meeting point for lost children that they have established at uh, London Zoo and they waited for his mum as if she was ever going to come because she wasn't there uh, meanwhile the Metropolitan Police were alerted at around 3pm and fortunately it says fortunately it wasn't long until the boy was reunited with his mother well. it was an hour and a half which is long enough if you've ever been lost yourself or you've lost a child you know that those minutes seem like hours get me Dealey I need, I need, Dealey. I need a, a hardcore Dealey investigation on this yeah, let's, get, so. let's get Dealey we tried to speak to the nursery. Um, we left messages with their main office number, then answering the phone. We emailed them. No response. We know they've spoken briefly to the local paper, if you can call it, you know, uh, speaking to them. The Borenwood and Elstree Times were told that they were seriously investigating the matter and they won't be commenting any further until Ofsted have finished inspecting him. Uh, well, the question is, <clears throat> uh, well, have you ever left a child behind or been left behind as a child? I bet it happened loads in the 70s. Well, it happened loads when people used to have massive prams, right? So you've got yeah. a bit of baby brain going on anyway. You've got a massive silver cross thing and you used to leave them outside shops. And I know at least three older mums, you know, kind of grandmas now, who will yeah. say, yeah, I came home and thought, what am I missing? The uh, baby! And have you, um, uh, uh, what have you left behind? 03459 555. We'll speak to Dealey in a little bit about that. I just want to go to this call. We're talking about refugees. Yeah. And we, we spoke to uh, John from that charity earlier on. Uh, Nassim's on the line. Morning, Nassim. Hello, good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Nassim, what have you got for us? Um, I actually came to this lovely country as a refugee. I was 10 years old from Uganda when Idi Amin fell out with the British government. Um, I think we actually have an amazing country uh, where the people are loving and caring. And this will bring me on to the next part about the story of Diane Abbott and Corby. Oh, wow, you're going to tie these two together. Excellent. I look forward to seeing how that happens. Uh, What I find really sad is our democratic system, our democracy is being diluted by the likes of Murdoch who is not even a citizen of this country, yet he feels he has the power to divide the population of this country. And our politicians tend to bow to him. And one of the things about these refugees is not, not one person has mentioned, yes, there's problems in the Middle East, but we've aided and abetted and fueled wars there. And this is the ripple effect. Of, of what we do in other people's backyard. Well, in, in fairness, Nassim, I, I do hear that point. I, I have heard that point mentioned several times that um, it, it, it is it, one could possibly think that some of these refugees are a, a direct or indirect result 
of British actions in the Middle East. Uh, you know, you, it's often said, isn't it, that the, 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 the dictators like Saddam Hussein and um, um, Gaddafi, they were, the, they were the good bad guys in that they kept, you know, that yeah, they may have tortured and gassed a few people, but they stopped everyone from travelling all around the Middle East and Africa and places like that. Do, do you know what the really sad state of affairs is? You know, I travel a fair bit. Sometimes what we get to report and what's actually happening on the ground are two different things. I mean, for example, I'll, I'll go to ISIS. They would not exist today if we had not armed them. Uh, to overthrow Assad. Well, and, well, know, but we were, we, we were we were trying to arm the Syrian Free Army, not ISIS, because they were the, the yeah. Syria is complicated because there's the bad guys, there's the really bad guys, there's the good guys and the quite good guys. Do, do you know why? The, you know what I'm saying is we support the minorities in other countries in order to unstabilize some countries. Because the leader may have spoken out. Well, Assad was a Assad like. was a dodgepot. I mean, Assad is a dodgepot. He did, he did gas his own people. I've got to move on just because we're coming up to half past, and I want to speak to my friend Justin. But how how have you how have you managed to tie this to um, the fact that the Times has reported Jeremy Corbyn and Diane Abbott had sex thirty years ago? Because any anyone who is a different uh, proposition to every all three parties were were we British people didn't have any uh, choice. Now we actually have a choice, whether it's good or bad. At least we have a choice. And what Rupert Murdoch is trying to do is trying to actually go back to the normality of British people not having a choice again. Nassim, I've got to move on. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Very interesting. Um, Some of that I agree with, some of that I disagree with, but it's very, very interesting indeed. 03459 455 555 is the phone number. Morning, Just. Morning, boss. Um, <laughs> I'm tempted to send you out on Diane Abbott and um, Jeremy Corbett. I cannot for the... I'm not going to. I cannot for the life of me work out why that's a story. I don't know. I mean, at the moment, everyone seems to be picking holes in Corbyn, but I, I, I'm with you on this one. I can't see why that has any re- relevance to, to anything. He's going to really. last... I tell you what's going to happen. He's going to last six months because he's going to get stabbed in the back, in the side, and mm. in the front by his own party. But, but it's up to the people. You know, it's up to the people <laughs> and what they think. You know, forget about the insiders. It's well, up to the general public. If they won't back him, which they're kind of already not, then... Uh, there, there's now controversy in the sun, right? Mm. Mm. Um, oh, I've got them. Uh, where is it? All my papers are all over the place. Anyway, it says on one of the pages of the sum that Jeremy Corbyn is outrageous because he's re- he says he's refusing to kneel in front of the Queen. Oh, <laughs> I mean, really? But people will respect him for that at the same time. You know, yeah. It's all down to personal opinion. 
Uh, Justin, ter- terrible story. Four-year-old kitty left at London Zoo by uh, Kid Stuff Nursery from Boreham Wood, not to be mm. confused with any other Kid Stuff nurseries. Mm. Um, we, I, I don't know quite how you want to do this stuff you've left behind. Turns out loads of kids have been left behind. We've had yeah, loads well, of calls about it already. Well, I remember a phone in about two years ago. We went onto the streets and we were asking people, have you ever left anything on the roof of your car? Do you remember oh. that one? <laughs> <laughs> and, loads, that, yeah. and loads of people had yeah, stories. Yeah. So I'm sure people have left something behind sometime. Dealey, make some magic. We'll speak to you later on, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 northbound, it's down to one lane between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 5 for Stokenchurch because of an accident involving a lorry. It's really slow in the opposite direction too. There's a lane closed between Junction 5 for the A40 at Stokenchurch and 4 for High Wycombe with 5 mile queues. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's slow from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. The M1 slow southbound past Junction 9 for Redbourne. And in Clophill on the A6 Bedford Road, it's reported to be really busy between the back street and the A507 and also the A507 itself looking busy around the junction for Bedford Road. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines of BBC Three Counties investigations uncovered 150 child asylum seekers are currently being looked after across beds, hearts and bucks. Comes at a time when the area's local authorities, like many others, are struggling to deal with homelessness. Meanwhile, it's been agreed that Milton Keynes will accept some Syrian refugees, though exact numbers aren't yet known. The council will now go to central government to ask how many people will be sent to the town and what funding is available to help with resettlement. A man charged with murdering a mother from Hamel Hempstead and trying to kidnap her children will appear in court today. Nicola Cross was fatally stabbed at her home in Dunlin Road on Monday night. And Ofsted is investigating how a four-year-old boy was left behind at London Zoo during a school trip from a Hertfordshire nursery. The boy from Kids Stuff Nursery in Boreham Wood was taken on an outing to the zoo last week. He was reunited with his mother the same day. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. It was a bad night for Arsenal in Europe as Olivier Giroud was sent off in the 40th minute with Arsenal already a goal down. Arsene Wenger side eventually lost 2-1 to Dinamo Zagreb in their Champions League opener last night. The manager wasn't happy with the red card decision. It's uh, difficult because I think we had a lot of the ball and uh, I believe as well that uh, we had early chances and uh, we'll be done lucky tonight. I believe the first goal is offside after the sending off is very harsh. And uh, we have our part uh, to look at ourselves as well because uh, the second goal kills our game. We were not at our best, but nor was the referee tonight. Chelsea secured a comfortable 4-0 win over Maccabee Tel Aviv, but it's only their second of the season. Comes ahead of Jose Mourinho's side. Crucial Premier League game against Arsenal on Saturday, but the manager is pleased with what he saw. The victory is very, very important. And the last two seasons we didn't start well the Champions League at home. We lost against Basel, we drew against Schalke, right? We put ourselves in in a situation where we have to go away and win points away. In this moment, these three points, Porto draw against Dinamo, give us a good, good situation. 
Tottenham striker Harry Kane's in contention to start in their Europa group, group match against FK Carabag at White Hart Lane this evening. He'll be hoping to score his first Spurs goal of the season. Midfielder Ryan Mason won't feature, though. He picked up a knee injury while scoring the winning goal against Sunderland on Sunday. And Brendan Rodgers has defended his decision to leave a number of first-team players out of Liverpool's Europa League game in Bordeaux tonight. That's your news and sport. The next full bulletin is at 8. Feel nice, people surprise. I feel nice, like sugar and rice. So nice, so nice. I got you. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, ladies, you might look fit, you might smell beautiful, and I might like to romance you, but guess what? Sexism, sexism, hmm? sexism is still rife at work. Sexism is rife in the British workplace, with almost half of women's staff still expected to make the tea. Um, thank you, Kelly. Kelly. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Who made the one first thing this morning? Oh, me. <clears throat> a staggering 87% of women employees believe they have been discriminated. <laughs> no. I have trouble saying this because I just find it so un- unbelievable. <laughs> They've been discriminated against by bosses and colleagues simply because of their sex is on fire. Whoa, whoa, your sex is on fire. Oh, what that smell was. the sex is on fire. Won't you put it out? I'm going to make great use of that fader. Excellent. Thanks, Mark. A survey of 2,000 birds found 43%. Birds. <laughs> let's get. This is going to be an awkward read. Let's get some. Let's get some soothing music underneath us, shall we? Let's. Um, oh, I had something. No, oh, let's see what this is. This might be good. Hang on, what's this? Oh yeah.
This is Heiser Sand auf Silt. By Uli Ruver, if anybody be wants playing, to. Would I? Oh, no. <laughs> a, a survey of 2,000 chicks found 43% saying they're expected to do the office tea and coffee run, while 39% have endured sexual innuendos. Wow. Well, if only there were some fit skirts here, then they might get some. Oh, there's an innuendo. Okay. And a third say their appearance is commented on regularly. That's not sexism! You said I'd had a nice nut cut this yeah. morning. You didn't mention it. Yes, That's... I did. I called you haircut. Mm, not from my face, that, that, that was me. That was me harassing you. Did you not feel it? I did feel it. Good. Did you see me feeling it? Yeah. Okay. Most well, music's good. I didn't know. So, wh- where are these places where all the innuendo happens? Why, do you want to go and work there? I think I'd be good at it. No, well, I can give you one. Other example. Oh, oh. Other, I, no, I can say what this. What for, then? You know, I've bought Tampax in a petrol station. Other examples of sexism at work include accusation of premenstrual behaviour. <laughs> premenstrual behaviour. Your behaviour is so premenstrual. <laughs> PMB. The assumption that they are more junior than they are. Well, Kelly... Kelly. Well, she didn't look like mm-hmm. a child. We would treat her like one. Uh, being patronised in meetings and being expected to tidy up the office. That's incorrect, because it was Paul Scoynes that picked... A, if you're going to have cake in the office, last thing at night, guys... Um, could you tidy it up and not leave it for our political um, bit of skirt, Paul Scoynes? Thanks, Princess. Despite the 1970 Equal Pay Act, yawn, salaries continue <laughs> to be a contentious issue, uh, with 19% of those asked having to settle for less money than a man doing uh, a similar job. I mean, it really. Oh, no, hang on, I've got a better version of that. Let's have that, Let's have that one there. Some you talk about sexism. 17% believe they've been passed over for promotion solely because of their gender. Oh, for goodness sakes. Oh, hang on. Sorry? Just recognise the music. Um, OK, so here we go. Here are the top... The top ten is the Blue Oyster Bar from... Uh, Police Academy. Police Academy. Where men are men. I once Together. watched all seven Police Academy films in one day. It was like doing uh, acid. Uh, honestly, by the end of it, we couldn't speak. And we had a massive brawl when we tried to put them in order of... Um, we tried to rank them. <laughs> six is surprisingly good. I six, never got to six. Six is good. Six is a return to form. I would say six, I can't remember, is either the second or the third best. But you had to push through four and five, right? Um, Seven is the word. I mean, seven's unwatchable. Seven makes no sense at all. It just, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, four's all right. Two's terrible. Three's quite good. Well, I mean, one's the classic, obviously. Yeah. Anyway... Here are the top ten sexy scenarios. Number ten, being expected... (laughs) The picture they've used to illustrate it is a woman sat in a chair listening over her shoulder while two men in the background talk like this and point at her. (laughs) That's how it works. Number ten, being expected to keep the office tidy. No. Number nine, being spoken over or patronised in meetings. Uh, I'm talking. Number eight, being presumed to be more junior than they are. Hmm? Does your mum know you're here, Kelly? <laughs> yes. Number seven, being paid less than she male colleagues yes. for the same jobs. Um, Is that true? Don't know. Being joked about in a sexist way. Yeah, all the time, but I do as well. You love it? I do. Mucky pup. Being presumed less competent than male colleagues. Well, that's fact. No. <laughs> being accused of being premenstrual stroke menstrual. Also, I mean, they're going to be right all the time then, aren't they? You're either premenstrual or menstrual. Or postmenstrual. Well, then you're pre for the next one, if you're lucky. Are menstruals named after menstruals? Yeah. yeah. 
Having appearance stroke clothing commented on. I expect that. Enduring sexual innuendos. <laughs> Enjoying. Oh. Number one, top ten sexy scenario being expected to make tea. Really? Yeah. Make tea, guys. Now, who I, I'm... I'm Cha-cha-cha! Oi! Now, I'm desperate to know what happened to... I am a, a fan of... Um, 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 bargain Hunt. Used to like it when David Dickinson presented it. He got too big for his boots, his antique boots. So he went off to ITV and it didn't really take off. So now presented by who presents Bargain Hunt now? Dunno, don't watch it. I've got a life. Kelly, who presents Bargain Hunt now? Mm, I don't know. Okay. Got a life. It's Tim Wanacott. I don't know that. Either. Sorry? Hmm? Tim Wanacott. Oh, he's the fellow with the glasses on a chain, isn't yeah. he? Anybody who finishes work at nine o'clock and uh, goes home. Uh, we'll know that Tim Wanacott presents Bargain Hunt. Can I just say this music reminds me of doing gymnastic competitions when I was about 12. Well, could you please oh, sit watch down? Splits. When two tribes go to war, the point is all that you can score. I need to practice. I don't know the words to that. I don't know the words. <laughs> don't worry. Anyway, Tim Wanacott has been suspended from Bargain Hunt after a bust-up. BBC cover-up, anybody? He annoyed his producer, didn't he? Bargain <clears throat> Hunt... Oh, that was a close call, guys. Bargain Hunt host Tim Wanacott has reportedly been suspended from the show after an alleged disagreement with producers. Is this another Jeremy Clarkson? Is Wanacott going to get a six-figure deal from um, Amazon? I would suggest he's not quite as much of a powerful figure in broadcasting as Clarkson. Yeah, I would... um... Oh, look, there's... um... I've got actually got a block button for Texas. You. Bye. Yeah, it's going all... yeah I have actually. Oh, that's bye. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, bye. Handy. Send me abuse, you plum. Um, the 62-year-old TV presenter and antiques expert is believed to have had a showdown with BBC bosses last Friday, and the decision was taken to suspend him pending an investigation. Wanacott has hosted the BBC One daytime show since 2003. I want to know what happened. I want to know if Wanacott blew off in front of Tony Hall. I mean, when I mean blew off, I mean got angry. Mm. A BBC spokesman says, Tim is currently not in production on Bargain Hunt and we are using guest presenters. Stuff like that breaks my heart. You see, that's talent. That's proper talent that... Um, we should be, uh, we should be, um, um, we should be, um... Celebrating. We should be celebrating. People like that should be allowed to get away with murder. Not literally. But they should be allowed to... Some did. They should be allowed to, uh, to... It, it be, they should be indulged. Because that is talent at its finest. And I would indulge his talent. Mm. Uh, I don't think you can throw your weight around like that in daytime TV. Well... That stuff only shakes at prime time. And Victor Mildrew's coming back. Yes. Oh, Boring. The just leave o- it be. Why don't they just the leave it The only funny thing he did was when he was on um, Father Ted. Did you see the one he's on Father Ted? Uh, he's in Father... So they're, so they're um, out on a trip. I've got, do you know what? I've got to watch... I've got to watch all of the Father Ted's again, because I used to love that. Graham Norton was funny in that. He was funny. Graham Norton used to be funny. Um, uh, they're, where they they <laughs> they see him and they're going, it's, it's, it's Victor Mildrew. It's a bloke. That, quick, go over there and go over there and say it. Go, go on, go and say it. Because I bet he's never had anyone say to him, I don't believe it before. And you see him just go up into the distance. You don't hear what they're saying, 
and they're like talking for a bit and then he obviously says it and Victor Meldrick just punches him in the face <laughs> and he comes back and says, I don't think he liked it. <laughs> oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five, eight, one, three, double, three. Start your text, 3CR. Ever left a kid behind? Ever been left behind as a kid? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 northbound, two lanes are closed between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 5 for Stoke and Church, causing long delays because of an accident involving a lorry. And there's also a, lo- a lane closed in that stretch towards London between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's busy from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford. And on the A1M southbound, it's very slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Looking at the speed sensors on the A507 in Clophill in both directions at Bedford Road, it's looking very very slow. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Right, 7.45. Uh, it's Thursday, the 17th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been agreed that Milton Keynes will accept some Syrian refugees, although exact numbers are not yet known. A man charged with murdering a mother from Hemel Hempstead will appear in court today. And Ofsted is investigating how a four-year-old boy was left behind at London Zoo during a school trip from a Hertfordshire nursery. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's going to be quite a nice day today. It should stay dry. We might just see the odd shower here and there, but that'll be pretty unusual. And so we'll see some good spells of sunshine around as well. So there is some sunshine already, a little bit of cloud just towards parts of Buckinghamshire. That should thin and break. And so we'll get some sunshine just about everywhere. The wind is gradually going to back around to more of a southwesterly, so it will feel quite pleasant in the sunshine. And the winds will fall a lot lighter too. Top afternoon temperatures all the way up to around 17 or 18 Celsius quite widely. That's six in Fahrenheit. Overnight tonight it should stay mostly dry at least for the first half of the night. We might just get a few showers just edging into eastern areas of Hertfordshire as we head into tomorrow morning but other than that a dry night with possibly some mist patches as well into tomorrow morning lows of around 11 or 12 degrees. So for tomorrow after the mist clears it should be a nice day. Uh, We'll see some sunny spells but there will be the risk of a few showers tomorrow. Now some of those showers could turn out to be heavy thundery and they'll be really quite slow moving as well because of the light winds so uh, you could find that it absolutely buckets it down where you are but the showers won't be everywhere of course many places are going to stay dry top temperatures tomorrow of around 17 degrees depending on the sunshine amounts over the weekend though it's looking dry and it's looking bright but there will be some rather chilly nights that's the forecast Original British drama on BBC One. The doctor is in danger. He hasn't got a plan yet, but he will have. And it will be spectacular. I'm the doctor, and I save people. What is happening? Same old, same old. Just the doctor and Clara Oswald in the TARDIS. Born to save the universe. It's my party, and all of me is invited. Doctor Who, Saturday at 7.40 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Worried mums in Dunstable say they can't let their children play in their communal garden for fear of them picking up discarded drugs and syringes. The council tenants have told this programme they're fed up of drug addicts disturbing their families at all hours of the day and night. Well, no stranger to danger, Justin Dealey went to investigate. Well, madam, we're in your home. Um, you don't wish to be identified, uh, which I respect, but um, tell us what it's like living in this block of flats. It's just awful. There's people coming and going, um, mostly at night. Obviously, I've had people banging on my windows looking for the person that they want to get their drugs off of. It's just horrible. And you've got a young daughter. We're also hearing reports of syringes there in the communal area. Uh, have you seen that yourself? I haven't actually seen any, but I've had a few of my neighbours have come across things like syringes and tinfoil. You must be terrified to let your child do what children should be doing, you know, playing. Yeah, that's right. Well, I can't obviously leave her in the garden. But, I mean, I've got to keep an eye on her at all times, make sure that she's not picking anything up off the floor. It sounds to me like you've just had enough. Yeah, I just want to get out. I've tried to go private, but there's not a lot of people that will take someone that's getting a bit of help from the council. I do work, but obviously Mm -hmm. I get a bit of help because I'm a single mum. And just to go back to to people banging on your doors, do you actually open the doors to these people? Have you spoken to these people? Um, There's been a couple of occasions where I've opened the door and there's people standing there and I just tell them to go away. Apart from that, they're like ringing my buzzer and I just turn my buzzer off, really. You had to turn your buzzer off? Yeah. I mean, how long has this been going on for? I've been here nearly three years and it's been the whole time. Well, let's speak to another resident who we are calling Julie. Morning, Julie. Morning. Um, how long, roughly, have you been there and what kind of stuff are you seeing? I've been here about ten and a half years. Oh, so a while. Um, yeah, n- yeah, not just a few weeks. And what, what, what are you seeing? What, what's going on? Oh, what's going on? Well, where do I begin? Um, what is it? There's residue, there's dirty syringes. Um, and when, you, when like, say, the children find them, which is the worst part, uh, they phone the council... And it happened a couple of years ago to my neighbour. Um, her lad, they phoned the council and they said, well, just pick it up and put it in the bin. All right, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, sensible. Exactly. Thanks, guys. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it doesn't matter. They don't care. And where are, the, where are you finding... Where, where are people finding this, you know, this, this uh, drug detritus? Is it, is it in the garden? Is it on the stairs? Whereabouts is it? It's, it's all over. Yeah. You walk through the hallway and all you can do is smell pot outside. You know, you smell pot in the um, hallway. You can you can find residue in the hallway. You find like uh, paraphernalia in the hallway. It's disgusting. Why should we have to have our kids around all of this? Has it got worse recently, or has it has it always been like this? It's always been bad. Yeah. It's never been like this. It's never been as bad as what it is now. It's just disgusting. You know, you get people, it's like my neighbour said, you know, you've got, like, people come round morning, noon and night, press your buzzer, oh, let me in, and all this sort of thing. They're off their nuts. They're what off do, their face. What do they want to come in for? We want to see the person that um, is giving them the stuff. Oh, are you... What, is there... Hang on, is there a... Are you suggesting there's a dealer living in the block? Yeah. OK. And without... No names, no pack drill, nothing... Do you know who that is? Yes. OK. Um, I'm assuming you speak to the police about this. What do they say? Oh, they don't want to know. They don't want to know at all. And this is the thing that bugs me more than anything else. But, you know, there's people like myself, you know, we're all single mums around here. We're looking after our kids. We're bringing up our kids. We're either at, you know, I'm at university. A lot of my neighbours are at work. And, you know, we're paying our rent. 
And these people that are doing this sort of thing, that are living here scot-free, you know, doing what they're doing, and they're bringing all the scum around it. What's, what, how fair, you know, why is that fair? And a similar reaction from the council? Well, that, well you've said they tell you to go and pick up the, <laughs> pick up the needles. Exactly. They don't say go and pick it up or whatever else. And then they say make diary sheets. What? Well, why should you have diary sheets exactly that? So what, what are we supposed to do with that? Write down when you find a, a needle? Yeah, you're supposed to write down when you find things and uh, when um, escapades happen. But so you're supposed to get up, like, middle of the night, like, four o'clock in the morning, and write down a little note saying that there's a, there's a crackhead outside your front door. What are they... <laughs> I'm laughing because it sounds so ridiculous what they're suggesting. What, 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 what are they going to do with the diary notes, then? Oh, exactly. What? what? Because they, apparently they need evidence. They need proof. And everything else. Why should they need proof? They should be round here kicking out the tenants that are doing this sort of stuff. I, I, I would have thought that um, dirty needles, you know, would have yeah. been proof enough that someone needs to come and have a good look and, I don't know, install CCTV or... Is there CCTV yeah. there? Oh, there's a big sign saying in the car park. Um, and that's where a lot of the things go on as well is in the car park. And that's where the majority of the needles and things that you find right. uh, by the... Uh, by like in the corners and things like that and um yeah there's a big sign on the uh, wall saying a uh, cctv in op in operation there's no cctv around here at all uh i would be, if i lived there and you know uh, my my boys were out playing uh well i don't think i'd let them out playing if there was a chance they're going to no. find dirty needles well i don't that's the thing that's the thing that that's sad isn't it it is my lad. He's ten years old. I can't even let his friends around here after school. You know, he wants to have his friends around. I can't let his friends around here because I, you know, I don't know what, what what's going to happen next round here. It's embarrassing. It's it's bang out of order. You know, I'm a decent, honest, hard-working person. You know, it's hard enough in life as it is. Let alone all of this sort of malarkey as well. It's disgusting. Right. It it, it sounds thoroughly rotten. What do you want? What do you want to see happen, Julie? What do I want? I want them to come and sort it all out, clear up. You know, instead of saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," you know, whatever and all that sort of stuff, actually come round it. This is what us people, us tenants that pay our rent, this is what we're paying for. The best bit is we're paying to listen to all of this. We're paying to see all of this. Where's the fairness in that? You know, we're not sponging off the system. We're not trying to get this, that and the other benefits and everything else. We're paying our rent and everything else. We're paying our council tax. Why should we have to put up with all of this? Julie, will you keep in touch with us um, yeah. and just let us know if it gets better, if it gets worse, just, uh, you know, or if you hear anything more from the council? Would, you, would, would that be all right? Yeah, that'd be fine. I don't mind that at all. We'll keep our eye on this. I mean, I, I, I don't okay. know. We, uh, we can't fix it, but maybe by talking about it, exactly. um, you know, it might give someone the boot up the backside they need. Well, see, I don't know if you saw it or not. There was a big post on Spotted about um, this, like, the area and everything else that like I saw the other night. And, um, you know, I think whoever wrote it and whoever posted it wanted the reaction from the councillors and the MPs. I don't know what, spo I don't know what Spotted is. I spotted is um, let's so you know it's on um, Dunstable. It's on Facebook. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Spotted in Dunstable, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah. So I think you know whoever put it on there wanted. It, I think they're sick and tired of it as well. To be honest, yeah. Julie, I really appreciate your time. I wish you and your boy the best of luck. Like, oh no, I've got two children. Oh blimey! Well, I only wish one of them the best of luck. The other okay. one, <laughs> no, I wish them the best of luck and good luck in your studies as well. 
Thank you very much. Cheers, Julie. Cheers. Thank you very much indeed. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Flipping it. That sounds like um, a right old nightmare, it does. doesn't it? It does. Doesn't it? Um, definitely keep an eye on that one. Yeah, let's because it's. I mean, it's just around the corner from I've here. Got a couple of does, ideas. Doesn't make any difference where, where it is. It's but you know it's um oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Chris is in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Chris. Hello. Hello, Chris. What you got for us? Um, well, I was just uh, you. You said that um, you give Jeremy Corbyn six months until the Labour Party out stab him in the back. Yeah. Um, which I don't necessarily. They could do that. They're doing it already. But, well, yeah. They're, they're having a go at him for not singing the national anthem. Now they've made him say that he will sing the national anthem at other events. They're, they're doing it already. Yeah, but I mean, they they, they need to answer to the nearly sixty percent of. Labour Party members that actually voted for the guy. I mean, it's it, it totally, it's ridiculous that they would, that they could think that they could, you know, it's, it's, it's a democratic process. I'm going to pull a stat out of my backside and Catherine Boyle, my beautiful assistant, is going to verify it for me. 60% of the Labour members, significant mm. number of the unions, I yeah. think 5% of the Labour MPs voted for yeah. him. It's a really small number of the Labour MPs themselves that voted yeah, for that, him. That, shows, that just shows that the Parliamentary Labour Party is, is, is so far over to the right compared to the, the, the rest of the membership. Because, um, and I think that's down to when Tony Blair took over in Mandelson in 94, you know, and, they, and, they, and the select, you know, that they, their selection process just, just, um, their selection of MPs was, was um, you know... That, that yeah, I, I, I think... Have you got that stat, Catherine? Is it easily, no, no, I'm I not think talking. it's something it's like 5% of the MPs. I think... Um, well, I think you've got to give the bloke a chance and you've got to try something a bit different. You know, uh, yeah. Gordon Brown didn't work, Ed Miliband didn't work. You've got to try something different. And if it does, you know, send the Labour... It, it could go... It's going to go either one of three ways. Nothing will change. Labour will become really, really popular... Or yeah. Labour will kind of go down the pan. But if it goes down the pan, uh, which I don't think it will, but if it does, then that's kind of what it needs to do to then come out the other side, doesn't it? But there's a significant... Yeah, yeah. And uh, the problem is that you, the members that voted for him have got to, have got to kind of be a, a, quite vigilant. Uh, I said in my text, I think, it, it sounds a bit like a conspiracy theory, but it, it, it holds weight because, uh, I mean, it, the attacks in the press are just ridiculous. Hey, d- 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 why do we there. need to know <laughs> who Jeremy Corbyn <laughs> slept with 30 years ago? I cannot get my head around that. I know, it's, it's totally ridiculous. And and, um, and I, I, I personally, I think he has the, the dignity to show it up for what it is. Chris, I, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sorry to cut you short. I'm a bit, a bit late for the travel, but I really appreciate your text and speaking to us. 03459 555. We call you back, guys. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are delays on the M40 in both directions between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 5 for Stoke and Church. So northbound two lanes are closed because of an accident involving a lorry and there's one lane closed southbound towards London for that stretch. On the M25 anti-clockwise it's busy from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford and in Watford itself on Beach and Grove it's looking slow around the junction for Escort Road. In Hamel Hampstead the A41 is busy southbound from the Two Waters Road towards the M25 at Junction 20 for Kings Angley and the A1 southbound has delayed approaching the Black Cat roundabout from the St. Neots Junction. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Thank you, Sammy. Hey, Kath, you and me, we should go and have a little look around that um, block of flats and uh, see what we can see. We'll keep an eye on that story. Don't panic, don't panic. Here's the news, Tony Fisher. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock. I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines. Milton Keynes Council agrees to accept Syrian refugees. Man due in court charged with Hemel murder. An investigation after child left behind at London Zoo during school trip. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been agreed that Milton Keynes will accept Syrian refugees, though exact numbers are not yet known. The council will now go to central government to ask how many people will be sent to the town and what funding is available to help with resettlement. Our political reporter Paul Scoynes was at the meeting last night. Nearly all councillors agreed to take on the refugees in Milton Keynes. There was one abstention and one councillor voted against the motion. No numbers have been confirmed but it looks likely to be around 20 families over the next five years. There are some who say whilst they're sympathetic to the plight of the refugees there are already large numbers of homeless people in the town but a proposal to buy private homes on the open market to house people temporarily has been shelved as it did not comply with council rules. A Three Counties investigation has found there are currently over 150 unaccompanied asylum-seeking children being cared for by councils in beds, hearts and bucks. Milton Keynes Council is spending nearly a quarter of a million pounds housing 25 children seeking asylum. It comes at a time when councils are struggling to deal with homelessness across the three counties. John Archer is the chief executive of Luton-based homeless charity LAMP, which is currently caring for 25 children seeking asylum. A lot of them coming from Tollington um service station, bar service station, dropped off and uh, found on the side of the road where the police picked them up and then uh, informed social services of their need. If they're unaccompanied minors, they're normally between the ages of about 15 and 17. A man is due to appear in court charged with murdering a woman at her home in Hemel Hempstead while her two children were in the house. Marcin Pachinski, who's 25, also faces charges of kidnap and burglary. Hertfordshire police have referred the case to the police watchdog because officers had been called to the street an hour before Nicola Cross was found stabbed to death. The Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn has given a strong indication that his party would campaign to remain part of the European Union ahead of an in-out referendum. Mr Corbyn told BBC News that if David Cameron negotiated a deal with the EU that was unacceptable, Labour would want the UK to stay in the Union to press for change. Well, it's a hypothetical question, but I, what I would do, first of all, is strongly, oppose, is strongly oppose what Cameron has done and say... We have to stay in Europe to change those policies, and that would be a manifesto commitment up to 2020. But we're working this position out at the moment. Ofsted is investigating how a four-year-old boy was left behind at London Zoo during a school trip from a Hertfordshire nursery. The boy from Kidstaff Nursery in Borehamwood was taken on an outing to the zoo last week. The Metropolitan Police said it received a report of a missing child shortly before 3pm on Wednesday. While at the zoo, he became separated from his carer but was reunited with his mother the same day. Sports news, Chelsea responded to their worst start of the season since 1986 with a Champions League win against Maccabee Tel Aviv, but Arsenal made it three Champions League defeats for English teams this week. Manager Arsene Wenger saw Olivier Giroud sent off as Arsenal stepped to a 2-1 defeat at Dinamo Zagreb, Dinamo winning against an English top-flight side for the first time in the Champions League. 
The weather, a dry day, good deal of sunny spells, feeling cool, top temperature 18 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online, bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Tony. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's four minutes past eight. Flipping it. I can't um, get my dog to stop peeing and pooing in my house. I don't know. Is, is it, when does it look? That's because she's a puppy. <clears throat> you need to train her. Well, well ah. Don't ah, just talk to her. Ah. Okay, Across that's interesting. Beds, hearts and bugs. Ah. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We have to do. What was the word? You, what was the word you used there? Puppy training. We have to train her. Okay. Yeah. How do we do that? I think you just have a word. Okay. Because mm. it is a lot of pee. I've never used. Well, I've never really used kitchen uh, 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 roll before. What's she drinking? Um, coffee. A uh, bit of coffee, some uh, uh, water, and my leftover beer. Sounds reasonable. I don't, and, and don't know what the problem is. Then, but then here's the thing, and we've discussed this on the show before about other dogs. I never thought my dog would do such a thing. She does a poo, she eats it. Now, which is great because it means the cleaning up process is a whole lot easier. It's not very good for her though, is it? Well, she's going to find out the hard way. How do you get it to pee and poo outside? I haven't got a dog. You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I'm constantly my saying... My dog doesn't poo in the house. Constantly saying, Oi, you do that for, you dirty little get. That'll teach you. And kicking it. No. Yeah. No. Only down the stairs. No. No. That was a joke. Well. Not a funny one. No. But apparently a joke. Well. And I cannot stop her doing it. You can. I can't. There's no such word as can't. There is. Can't. It's abbreviation of cannot. So, yeah, there Let is. Let go on with it then. Okay, fine. In that case, that's sorted. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. It's very, very annoying. She's fun. She's fun. She didn't want to go out for a walk last night. She was having none of that. Having none of that. Come out for a walk. Come out for a walk. Having none of it whatsoever. But boy, oh boy, what fun. The cat don't like it. Velvet, who has been with me for 14 and a half years, is very, very unhappy about the whole situation. And you'll, you'll often hear them having a little Barney upstairs. You call yourself a mate. That well, poor cat. I know, well, I feel she's terrible. Been through. Well, I feel terrible. I feel terrible about the cat. She's not... I mean, I think it's, this is as peaceful as it's going to get. Uh, 03459 455 555. Now, 150 child asylum seekers are currently being looked after by our local councils. A BBC Three Counties investigation also found that Milton Keynes is spending nearly a quarter of a million pounds housing 25 children. This comes at a time when the area's local authority, like many others, is struggling to deal with homelessness. Well, Kerry Channer is from the British Red Cross and joins me now. Morning, Kerry. Good morning. Hi. Uh, Milton Keynes is by no means alone. 125 being looked after elsewhere in the three counties. How are they getting here? Well, the the children that we've met have have experienced sort of significant trauma. Some some have experienced conflict and, and violence in their country of origin. And many that we've met have actually um, seen their their parents killed. So they've either been taken into the, the care of another family who's tried to get them out of that conflict area or perhaps with, a, with an older sibling and have escaped through different routes. Some unaccompanied children end up joining a smuggling route and can be you know, in, a, in a very dangerous situation for quite a long time. Um, making way across um, bordering countries. Well, as we know, so that some, some kids don't make it. That's how dangerous it is. 
That's right. And I think um, some of the, the very, very vulnerable young children that we've seen have, um, have you know, left an older sibling, uh, say, in, in Europe, and have found themselves, they don't even know which country they're in. You know, they, they arrive maybe in the back of a lorry or sometimes with a, um, a, you know, a very well-meaning family that have, um, have just tried to see that child to safety. And um, because of the, you know, the uncertainty around their future with their legal um, status here in the UK, um, well, well-meaning people are just trying to, to present children to a local authority mm. or to the police so that they can be at least protected and, um, and, and find some sort of safety. How young are some of these kids, Kerry, that are coming over without their, their parents? I'm not sure about the youngest in Milton Keynes, but I've worked for the Red Cross in 10 years, uh, for 10 years, and a lot of my work was in Leicester. And I, w- I very vividly remember one of the first cases was a seven-year-old boy. He'd, um, we got a call, actually, to say that there's um, an anonymous call, to say there's a child at, at the bus station. And, um, of course, we responded um, very quickly, mobilising a couple of volunteers to go down, and we found a Congolese young boy oh, who... Um, who we immediately took to social services and because I think we've got such a long history of supporting refugees and working with young refugees we were we were really sort of intrinsic to allowing social services um, and him to, to have confidence in each other and his story unfolded and goodness me I mean it's it's probably one of the cases that's made me continue in humanitarian work because what happened to him was just unbelievable he'd seen his um, whole family killed in the Democratic Republic of Congo. He was the only survivor. In fact, um, militia uh, army and child soldiers had actually left him for dead as well. Uh, He survived, and um, I think an an agent, if you like, a a smuggler, um, thought, I'm going to get this child out. And he he travelled with an adult and was was left, really, um, in, in Leicester. And luckily... Um, put in touch with Red Cross. How old your el- hang on a second? How old your eldest, Kath? Seven. Seven, yeah, seven. Imagine, imagine it, her going through that. Hello. It's incredible, isn't it? And, 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 and yet, Kerry, there are still people. There are still people that say, "Well, yeah, but we don't want them over here." You know, and this isn't this. This couldn't be argued that seven-year-old boy is an economic migrant coming here for thirty-six quid a week and a, and a council flat. That's exactly. pure desperation. And even the older children. I mean. Um, some of the Afghani boys have got such compelling stories. I feel so privileged to be able to, you know, be part of their um, recovery um, in a country like this because they come from such a dangerous place. And I've heard how, um, you know, how they've made that journey. And um, in some cases, the adult um, has decided that they can only afford um, and only arrange for the child to escape. And I mean, that is the, uh, the hardest decision any parent could face, surely. It comes from utter desperation. And, um, and at times, you know, the, the practicalities around it are staggering and really humbling. Sometimes a mother has to sell everything, all her gold, everything, to ensure that a child can get across a border or, um, you know, to arrange uh, perhaps another adult to travel with a child to get out. And sometimes these boys are in such danger because they, because of gender sort of specific issues in countries. So the, even the older children, um, they face a harder time, I think, because they're on that cusp of turning into an adult.
and what we say you know is that they must be protected as children and treated as children um until you know until the time when they they, re they reach 18 and even then aftercare should be in place to make sure that they they can cope with such a, a traumatic and, and, experience. and what happens so you get a seven-year-old boy you get a 10-year-old girl um what happens then how, how are they looked after well they are taken into um the local authority um and assessed and protected as a child like any other child would be so they they're generally placed into foster care and uh, the Red Cross may, may receive a referral um, for different reasons. Um, we provide a family tracing service. So we work with young refugees um, who may wish to try and re-establish contact with, with family that they've become separated from. Um, but all the time they will have um, you know, a, family, a family looking after them and an allocated social worker who we work with. Um... Uh... It's just, it's just heartbreaking, isn't it? And I'm, I, I, you know, I'm still getting texts from people saying we don't want them over here. Uh, Carrie, uh, uh, Carrie, sorry, keep up the good work, and I really appreciate you sharing your stories with us. Thank you, Ian. Thank you very much indeed, Carrie Channer from the British Red Cross. Seven-year-old lad, come on, come on, my niece is seven. I, I try and imagine her, your daughter is seven. I try and imagine uh, th th them travelling, you know, from the Congo also, to coming here. Also, coming to that decision and saying, do you know what, I can't help you, I'm going to have to hand you over to destiny, because yeah, actually yeah, you yeah. don't know what's going to happen to them, you're never going to see them again. You've got to trust that they'll find kindness, you know. Flipping oh, heck. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. I feel slightly flippant, but that's the way it is sometimes. Uh, we are asking, have you ever left a child behind or been left behind as a child? And boy, doesn't that make it a little bit more poignant? Huh? And also, here's the other thing I'm asking. Why do we need to know about Jeremy Corbyn having it away with Diane Abbott? Why, why, do I, why is that information in my head? Because the Times decided to make it a story. But I don't get it. I, don't, I mean, you could... OK... Maybe I'm missing the story. I mean, the, the, the kind of the way they've made it a story is that um, Jeremy Corbyn didn't intervene with a, 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 an argument that Diane Abbott had with someone. OK, right. You could then go down the conspiracy route and say, well, hang on, it's the Times, it's Murdoch. He um, uh, is afraid of what Corbyn represents and stands for, uh, it, it, that it might mean a shift in power against Murdoch. So he's putting everything he can to discredit him. Uh, can anybody tell me why that's a news story today? The thing is, you know, assuming it's true, yeah. it's thirty years on, there must be examples of when he didn't back he did he didn't back her up. <laughs> Where are they? Did he back her up? I didn't know. I didn't read the specifics. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. They've been working alongside each other thirty years. Oh three four five nine four double five, and I bet you know some of the the right wing hosts. I bet Nick Ferrari is is having a right old um, is, is is loving that story. I bet he's going to town on that. So when when you had it when you had sex with uh, with Diane Abbott, what's he got to do with anything? What's he got to do with do anything? Do you need to go back and have a look at things that John Major did for Edwina Curry? Not let's those go, things. Let's go back and look at what some of the, some of the people the politicians slept with, shall we? Ha. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are delays on the M40 in both directions. Northbound two lanes are closed between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 5 for Stoke and Church because of an accident involving a lorry. As debris in the roads, there's a lane closed towards London 2 between Junction 5 for the A40 at Stoke and Church and 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross roundabout. On the A404 southbound on High Wycombe, it's very slow there between the M40 and the Marlow Road. That's because... 
because of those problems on the M40. In Haddenham on the A418 westbound, it's very slow between the Cuddington Road and Kingsley Road and, and Thames Road. And on the A1 southbound, it's very busy as well, approaching the Black Cat roundabout from the St. Neots Junction. Smart the Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. We're going to get our money's worth out of this. Oh, yeah. That's not going to be a wasted investment. Thank you, guys. An early Christmas present. A cave. 8.16, Thursday, the 17th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been agreed that Milton Keynes will accept some Syrian refugees, although exact numbers are not yet known. A man charged with murdering a mother from Hemel Hempstead will appear in court today. And Ofsted is investigating how a four-year-old boy was left behind at London Zoo during a school trip from a Hertfordshire nursery. Shrink Wrapped on BBC Three Counties Radio. This week on Shrink Wrapped, we looked at suicide. Definitely drugs and alcohol have a big significant impact on making people vulnerable to completing suicide. And the effect it has on everyone involved. Unfortunately, because of the time of day and the location, we had a lot of people gathering. You know, there were people shouting at him to jump. Shrink wrapped. It's really, really important to have a conversation. And that's one of the, the big myths, I think, around this area. If you missed it, go to bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio, where you can catch up on what you missed. It was when he said to me, I believe you can get better and I believe you can get through this. Shrink wrapped on BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, oh dear. Um, so, imagine waiting for your four-year-old to come back from a trip to the zoo only to find he isn't on the bus. Well, that's exactly what happened to one mum from Boreham Wood last Wednesday. Once she'd reported him missing, it took an hour and a half to get to him. Imagine that. Well, now Ofsted are investigating Kid Stuff Nursery and uh, how they managed to leave him behind. Melanie Pilcher is Policy and Standards Manager at the Preschool Learning Alliance. Morning, Melanie. Good morning, Ian. Now, we spoke to you a little while ago about another incident of a child being left behind during a school trip, but I, I want to say this is, this is still a really, really rare thing, isn't it? It is, and I think that's something that parents have to be reassured by, that this is a rare incident, and I can't even begin to speculate how a child could be left behind on an outing without being aware of the exact circumstances. I, because I did, I, one of the joys of having kid, young kids at school is sometimes they ask for volunteer parents to go on the school trip, and I got to do it just before the summer holiday. I took the, I took the morning off work here, and I went with a load of, um, I guess, that well, yeah, a load of five-year-olds on a school trip. Best day ever. But, yes. I mean... I was assigned three kids, one of which was my own. Each parent had three kids. Some par- yeah. And um, we knew who we had. We knew where they were. They were count- Every time we kind of congregated, all the kids were counted. <laughs> it seems impossible. It seems ridiculous that this could ever happen. It does. Of course it does. And, and yes, what you've talked about would be standard practice in, a, in any, any nursery that's following their own policies and procedures. They would risk assess. They would um, do their background research on the venue they're visiting. They would decide how many staff or additional staff or volunteers were needed. And all those things would normally be put into place um, on, before the, the outing actually happened. Ofsted are investigating. What does that mean? Taking out kind of all the teachers yeah. and, and, and questioning them? How do they do it? Yes, this is one thing that we can all be reassured by, that Ofsted will be taking this very seriously. 
they will have investigated this incident as a priority. They'll look at all the circumstances. They will look at what, if any, regulations were being breached. They will identify exactly who's to blame and what needs to be done to put this right. And they will take what they consider to be appropriate action. I wonder what happened to the boy, because, you know, an hour and a half, he's four Mm. years old. He's either, it could have gone one of two ways. He's either not that bothered and had the best time of his life hanging out (laughs) with the coppers at at, at, at London Zoo, (laughs) which is a possibility, or, you know, he's absolutely petrified and um, (laughs) he's terrified of leaving his mum. You know, those are the two extremes. Would there be anything offered to him and and his mum, you know, in terms of, of, I don't know, counselling maybe a little strong for a four-year-old, but, you know, kind of help? Yeah, indeed. And, and of course, the, the zoo staff themselves will have procedures in place for, for dealing with incidents like this. You know, children get lost um, when they're with their parents all the time at, at venues. So the staff will have been briefed on exactly how to deal with this child. And I'm sure that they will have done everything they could to make sure that he felt safe and secure at the time. Mm. And, of course, anybody that's cared with looking after this child here on will observe and monitor this child carefully. Melanie, good to talk to you. I appreciate your thoughts. Thank you, Melanie Pilcher, Policy and Standards Manager at the Preschool Learning Alliance. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. One of the best days ever was when I bunked off here. Uh, It was, I don't know, June or July, I bunked off here. And um, took my boy and uh, his schoolmates on a school trip. It was brilliant. Teacher told me off being too noisy. Mr Lee, could you... uh, Are you winding the kids up? Mr Lee, you're being disruptive. As soon as the coach started... We're nearly there yet, Miss. <gasps> Mr. And, it, and the kids are loving it. Kids, of course they were. Kids are loving it. And uh, Mr. Lee, you're being slightly disruptive. Could you? Uh, we are nowhere near there you need yet. To see a film called Nativity. I think you might be Mr. Poppy. Oh dear. I loved it. Bunk. This is what you need to do, guys. Bunk off. Bunk off and go and uh, take your kids on a school trip. Be that far. And I had some of the parents said, "What are you doing this for?" I said, "Because we're going on a school trip. We got packed lunch. This is awesome." This is awesome. Best day ever. You know, I've been listening to a lot of Tommy Boyd recently. Oh, that old chestnut, right. yes. Brilliant. Nearly called him an old fart. That's rude. <laughs> he, he wouldn't mind. Might. He might mind. Um, he, I heard a conversation he was having, I think, with Anne Diamond. That was the voice, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Where they were talking about this idea that parents should, and I'm not recommending this, it's just an idea to float. Yeah. Parents should agree with their child to have one day off bunk off school oh, yeah. one day yeah. a term yeah. with them yeah. and do whatever they want. Yeah. I'm up for that. My wife would kill me. I think we should me. all do that. My wife would kill me, but I, it, one of my great reg- my only regrets, oh, Jesus, is a lie. my biggest regret is not bunking off school. I never bunked off school. I, ne- I sometimes would go to the pub at lunchtime and come back steaming, but I never, I, I was still there sober or not, Your Honour. I never bunked off school either. And I wish I had bunked off and gone and, and, gone and hung out at the Queensmere Shopping Centre. Nah, because I couldn't have just done it the once. You know what I'm like? I would have started getting into the habit of it. You're a bunk-off tart. No, well, I just, I like routine. And so if the routine is going to school, that's probably a positive routine. The I, routine could have been hanging around the spa, smoking tabs. I Kelly bets she bunked off all the time. No. I did once, but that wasn't my choice. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Already <laughs> it's busted. gone from none to once. Um, the person that was looking after me uh, took me to town instead of school. Really? Yeah. It's a good day. Where, when? What did you do? I can't remember. It's, 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 I, bet I, I bunked off college when I was doing my A levels again, um, and then at university, it's like 
We don't actually have to... Co- you're not checking if we're here? No. Awesome. I'm staying at home watching this morning and um, I- expanding my mind. When I uh, was studying, I say studying, in Spain, I had to be there three hours a week on three separate days. So sometimes I'd start walking in and think, oh, do you know what? Nah, I'm calling it. I'm not going to go in. I'm going to have a long week. A off. couple of us um, bunked off from college and when we got back, we heard that nobody went back. Nobody had been oh. there that Yeah, day. that's the problem. If everyone yeah. bunks off, you all get exposed. Yeah, mm. well, yeah, I've, 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 yeah. Uh, Tim's in Brummond. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Tim, what you got for us? Jeremy Corbyn. Yes, sir. He's a mucky pup. He had what? it away 30 years ago. Oh, I don't care about that. Oh, but you should. It's what? in the Times. What? Yeah, well, well, absolutely. You've got to believe everything you read in the papers. The Times of London, well, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm um, I'm on the opposite side of politics here. I'm I've always when it comes to general elections, I've been a blue yeah. But I I think that I think he's actually a breath of fresh air and I'm actually pleased to see him in politics and pleased to see him where he is. But on the flip side of the coin, my father in law is a Labour Party member Uh-oh. and he said he's actually said that if he stays as the leader of the Labour Party, he's actually gonna let his membership lapse and vote for somebody else. Well okay, well it but, but, is a really bizarre Let's start with you first. Why do you think he's a breath of fresh air? I, I just think he's going to change the... Like, it's question time, you know. None of this childish shouting at each other, which I find absolutely dreadful. I can't stand it. And, and I think, you know, I just think some of the things he comes out with, you just think, well, that's what the common man would actually think. If you actually sat down and spoke to people about about what they actually thought and what they believed in and what they thought was right for the country, he actually sounds like one of those sort of people rather than the people who want to be there because it's a bit cool to be in Parliament. It's interesting, isn't it, that um, uh, he's been criticised for saying he wants to get rid of the theatre in Prime Minister's question time. I think PMQs is an embarrassment to this country. Uh, and it sets a, talk, oh, talk about Corbyn setting a bad example for not singing the national anthem, as some people said. Well, what example does that oh. set at the leaders of our country? Oh, dum, 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 dum. Oh, dum, dum. You know they have groups, they have meetings before PMQs where they write... They pass around the heckles they're going to shout out and the chants they're going to make. They have groups, the Tories, I, I think Labour might do as well. They have groups yeah, that write the heckles. It's, it's nuts. It is bonkers. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually a royalist as well. So, and, um, but, but I, don't, I don't really... The only, the only issue I have with him not singing the national anthem is does it show a little bit of disrespect to all the people who are in the armed forces during the war? And, and, and God bless them, you know... Who, who else would ever want to do anything like that or be brave enough to do what they did? I, I don't think I would, if I'm absolutely honest. But about it, it. It, it could be argued yeah, that those people. It could be argued that those people, those people that fought in the war, they fought so that we've got the right to not sing the national anthem if we don't want to. Absolutely, and he's a Republican. I mean, it almost makes him hypocritical, in my opinion. It makes him hypocritical actually singing it. So I actually think, do you know what? Fair play to you, mate. I don't agree with what you're doing, but fair play for you for sticking to your morals and doing it. Tim, I, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Sorry. Sorry, just saying, I've had someone dobbing Kelly in on the text. Read text. Read the text from Martin. Ian, my housemate went to school with Kelly, and by all accounts, she was a bit of a swat. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thanks. She just asked me what a swat was, so maybe not so much. <laughs> Uh, well, so no, he I knew what a SWAT was. He spelt was. it S-W-A-T. Yeah, I know. So does that mean she was in a SWAT team? Or she was went around with... Uh, I with... think I was just quiet. Oh, I don't believe that for one second. Not for a second. 03459 
four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call you're more than welcome uh, there's not a lot in the papers again today it's all it's all um it's all anti um corbyn oh here we go it's in the it's in the mail as well page 11 Diane Abbott and Jeremy were lovers in the 1970s. I tell you what, we'll have the travel and news, we'll come back and we'll have a look at this story and find out why it's important we know who Jeremy Corbyn slept with. Blimey, 35 years ago! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M14 northbound, two lanes are still closed between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 5 for Stoke and Church because of a lorry involving an accident. It's causing long queues on, in both directions, so towards London there are delays between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe too because there's a lane closed that way. And in High Wycombe on the A404, it's causing delays as well between the M40 and Marlow Road at the Marlow Junction. And the A418 in High Wycombe is very slow westbound at the moment between the Cuddington Road and Tame Road. On the M1 towards London. It's looking very slow at the moment on the speed sensors past Junction 9 for Redbourne. There's no reported problems on the trains, though. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you so much, Sammy. I mean, really. So, coming up after the news with Tony, we are going to find out exactly... We're going to read this story in the Daily Mail about Jeremy Corbyn having sex with Diane Abbott in the 1970s. And by the end of it, we're all going to know why it is a news story. I mean... They wouldn't just be printing it just to make him look... If anything, he looks more like a player. Player. When he goes into the Houses of Parliament today, player. He gets the hand clap of respect. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC's Three Counties Radio. I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines. It's been agreed that Milton Keynes will accept some Syrian refugees. The council will now go to central government to ask how many people will be sent to the town and what funding is available to help with resettlement. Milton Keynes Council is already spending nearly a quarter of a million pounds housing 25 children seeking asylum. A man from Watford has been charged with murdering a faith healer who was stabbed to death in Whitechapel. Ashfav Chowdhury, who's 43, is due before Thames magistrates, accused of killing Zakaria Islam on Monday night. The Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn has said he can't envisage a situation where his party would campaign to leave the European Union. He said if David Cameron's negotiations on British membership resulted in a deal he didn't like, he would try to press for change while remaining in the EU. And worried mothers in Dunstable say they can't let their children play in their communal garden for fear of them picking up discarded drugs and syringes. Council tenants say they're fed up of drug addicts disturbing their families at all hours of the day and night. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Arsene Wenger complained about the referee's performance after Olivier Giroud was sent off before Arsenal lost 2-1 to Dinamo Zagreb in their Champions League opener. The manager made six changes to his starting lineup and said the Croatian's opening goal was offside and Giroud's red card for two bookings was very harsh. In the first yellow card, I think, uh, uh, it is Giroud's fault because he protested, even if it was not far against him, but for him. But after, he should not have uh, responded to the referee. On the second yellow card, is uh, completely unlucky to touch the guy. I, I don't understand the referee. 
Chelsea boss Jose Mourinho admitted he forgot the feeling of winning after Chelsea beat Maccabee Tel Aviv 4-0 at Stamford Bridge to record only their second win of the season. Mourinho was the centre of attention building up to the match after his side's worst start to a season since 1986. However, the Stamford Bridge crowd still sung Mourinho's name before kick-off and were audible in their support. They don't read papers. They don't have short memory. For a Chelsea fan, I think there is an easy way for them to think, which is we won four Premier Leagues, three with him and one with his team. So this guy is not bad. Tottenham striker Harry Kane's in contention to start in their Europa group match against KFK Karabag at White Hart Lane this evening. He'll be hoping to score his first Spurs goal of the season. Midfielder Ryan Mason won't feature, though. He picked up in a knee injury while scoring the winning goal against Sunderland on Sunday. And Brendan Rodgers has defended his decision to leave a number of first-team players out of Liverpool's Europa League game in Bordeaux tonight. That's your news and sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. The Alphabet of Nations. The Alphabet of Nations. The Alphabet of Nations. Bulgaria, Cambodia, Dominica, Egypt, France, the Gambia, Hungary, Iran, Japan, Kazakhstan, Libya, and Mongolia, Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname, Turkey, Uruguay, Vietnam, West Xylophone, Yemen, Zimbabwe. Bulgaria, Cambodia, Dominica, Egypt, France, the Gambia, Hungary, Iran, Japan, Kazakhstan, Libya, and Mongolia, Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname, Turkey, Uruguay, Vietnam, West Xylophone, Yemen, Zimbabwe. Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, five, 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 phone number. Alan's in Letchworth. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, how well, are you? I'm good, thank you, boss. What you got for us? I want to say about the young lad who got left at the zoo. The four-year-old boy got left at the zoo um, while uh, all of his friends went back to um, Kid Stuff Nursery in Borehamwood. Yes. Yeah, I'd just like to say, when I was young, I was only seven months old. Oh. My mum left me with a next-door neighbour oh. and never come back. Blimey, hey, flipping it, really? Yes, and I've never, ever seen her to this day. No. I'm 52 years old. Gosh. She just disappeared. So many questions come into my head. Um, did she tell the next-door neighbour she wasn't coming back, or was it, I'm just popping down to no. get a pint of milk and I'll, I'll see you in a bit? No. no, no, she just left me with the next-door neighbour wow. and walked out. And I never see her to this day. Have you not tried to so, track her down? No. Why, why not? Um... I don't really know. I think it was years. Well, you, you're younger anyway, aren't you? I was in an orphanage for five years. Yeah. Because um, I always remember, oh, my dad looked after me. My dad worked for British Rail and always remembered on Saturdays they used to come and adopt kids. And I always used to have a sign, I mean, not for sale, because I thought they used to come and buy the kids. Oh, blimey. Yeah, I know, yeah. My dad obviously looked after me for years, but he actually changed my name. I think she did come back, try and get me, but my dad changed my name so she couldn't find me. Now, when you say your dad, was this your biological dad or the dad yes, that... Yes, yes, yes. OK, right. He was at work. He'd come home from work. Right, OK. And I was just with the next-door neighbour and obviously his wife and my mother had uh, how, and then, 
how come you ended up in an orphanage? Uh, so my dad worked for British Rail. Yeah. And they put me in a British Rail orphanage um, while my dad worked. And uh, I stayed there for five years. And, and so my l- dad sort of remarried and uh, relocated and uh, come and got me. Your, your story really speaks, and I'm, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not making light of, 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 you know, I'm not far off your age, but you, you're talking, you know, it's, it's a different time you're talking about. A British Rail orphanage. Do you mean like a nursery? Like a day nursery? No, it was an orphanage. It was an orphanage. A British yeah, I Rail All orphanage? I remember, it was just an orphanage, yeah. I was, wow. I was put in there for five years while my dad sort of sorted himself out. Bear in mind, my dad was only 21 at the time. Yeah, yeah, he was a boy himself, yeah, of course. He was, yeah, yeah, he was a boy himself. Because he used to work for British Rail, he used to take trains up from uh, King's Cross to uh, Edinburgh, stay up over there overnight, then come back and bring a train back down in those days. And he used to come and, always remember, he used to come and see me every Saturday. So, yeah, yeah, I, uh, it doesn't bother me, it doesn't affect me, it's never affected me in my life, you know what I mean? But it's just... Uh, is your dad, is your dad still right. around, or has he, has he passed no, on? No, my dad died. My dad died. OK. Uh, and you've, ago, you know you've I mean? never... And I, I'm not, he would not talk about it. He would not talk about it. I bet it. he wouldn't, yeah. He would not talk about it. Even when, he's, you know, even when he was dying and all that, I asked him, he wouldn't talk about it. He said, I don't want to talk about and it. And you've never... And this is not a judgement at all, Alan. I guess the, 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 there is like a t- t- 10 or 12-year gap between us, so it's a, it's a slightly different generation. You've yeah, never, yeah, yeah, you've yeah, never yeah. sat in front of a computer, in front of Facebook, in front of Google, and typed in her name to see what comes up? I only know her, so I mean, her first name. No, I've never known right. that's it. Wow. So, but well, it's never affected me in my life, so, you know what I mean? Okay. I get on with my life, and uh, I do feel sorry people, uh, kids have been dumped all over the place, so I know what it's like. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. I appreciate that a lot. That's all right, mate. Good really? show. Yeah, well, you thank you very much indeed. Well, you know, everyone's got a story, guys. Thank you, Alan. That's in- well, I mean, <laughs> that's incredible. How did you come through it? that with such resilience? What a nice bloke. What a nice down-to-earth bloke. He seemed in the space of a, mm. of a six-minute phone call. I mean, you, you don't know what's going on once the phone's down, but what, um, what, it's I'm like speechless. a Victorian story, that. Isn't it just? Isn't it just? Thank you, Alan. Everyone's got a story, guys. 03459 455 555 is the telephone number. Oh, don't forget, uh, October the 3rd, uh, Saturday, October the 3rd, a new show starts midday. It's me and Kath. Kath and me, the matter. Uh, down the rabbit hole. It's us, isn't it? It's us. And it's us playing records. And it's us um, talking. And it's like a, there's like a nice vibe. There's no snarkiness. We're no, there's no snarkiness. It's like loving, but without the love or the in. I mean, we might take the mickey gently. Oh, we'll be merciless There'll in be our some slaying. Light oh, we, we no prisoners, but it will be nice. Is what we is what we're trying to say. So, um, move my what's it down. What what's it? Yes, please. Your arrow on your other. Oh, thank you so much indeed. Thank you so much. That's so we can go to Justin Dilly. Good morning, Justin. Hey, good morning, boss. How are you doing, fella? Do you know what? The streets this morning, the streets are good today. No oh. attitude at all. They are good. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna look in the minute in the news in the Daily Mail and find out uh, exactly exactly why we need to know about Jeremy Corbyn Corbyn having it away with well, Diane Abbott. That for you now. We don't. Oh, got, we don't. Uh, what? We don't need to know. No, no, no. There, there must be a reason, Justin. It's in the newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the newspapers. Oh, let's leave the man alone, for goodness sake. Um, Not jealousy. Oh, uh, here we go. Uh, well, I'll do it in a bit. I'll do it in a bit, because they think they've got a reason, but I don't buy it. Uh, we've had... I mean, it's it's a real mix of... Um, the two main stories have kind of got a lot. They're connected by quite a thick thread. The idea of kids being left behind. We've got the story about the kiddie being left behind at London Zoo while all his mates uh, went back to uh, Boreham Wood, to so the kids' stuff nursery. 
And then we're hearing, you know, the stories about kind of refugee kids being left by their parents or pushed on by their parents, if they've got mm. them, to a better life. We've tried yeah. to make a little bit of light of this, if it's at all possible, and you've taken this to the streets, Mr Deals. I have indeed. What you uh, got? The, well, the question was this. Uh, yes. Who or what have you left behind? Thank you very uh, much. Some of these stories I can relate to. Some of them are just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so who or what have you left behind? Here's what happened this morning. Sorry, it wasn't you, but your dad left your sister behind in the barbers. Yeah. Uh, she was a little girl. And he was a very busy businessman, uh, and he was ha had his hair cut. She was quite happy sitting there, uh, reading a little child's book. And he left her there, and he got right home, and his, uh, my mother said to him, where's Molly? And he said, oh, I must have left her in the barbers. <laughs> How can you do that, though? I mean, <laughs> he was just so busy, he'd, he'd yeah, forgotten yeah. he left his daughter in the barbers yeah, reading a magazine. That's absolutely right, yeah. That's a, that's a family legend which has always been told. But I don't think, no, I've never left anybody behind. Not like your father, then? No. Oh, Monique, you've left something behind. Tell us more. I was at the airport and suddenly realised that I'd left my passport behind. Where were you going to? I was going to Jamaica. Back home, yeah? Yes, yes. Okay, what, what for a special occasion? Or? Yes, yes, see my father. Okay, so I presume that you missed the flight. I did, yeah. For like um, two days. Missed two days of my holiday. Paid a lot more money to get out there. I've made you feel sick again, haven't yes, I? Yes, you have. <laughs> Monique, some people leave their passport behind. They're lucky enough that others can drop it off for them, but you sadly missed your flight and it cost you lots of wonga as well. You've got my deepest sympathies. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Could have been worse. Could have been a child. Yeah, definitely. Steve, you've left tickets behind. Tell us what happened, boss. I just went away to Manchester and uh, got out of my car to go to the game and uh, the tickets were still on the shelf indoors. So I had to drive all the way back to London and... Uh, the rest is history. So it's Manchester United against? Arsenal. Oh, massive game as well. I know, yeah. I was gutted, but what do you do? What can you do? Madam, I'm hearing a, a rumour that you left your shoes behind. Yes, I did, actually. What I happened? had my slippers on, went to the bus stop, and I had my slippers on, not my shoes. So I had to go back home and put my shoes on. What sort of plonker walks out to get the bus in a pair of slippers? Come on. Well, you do. Oh, it must be me. Or many other people, actually. No, I think it's just you. OK, thanks, madam. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, it took a dark twist at the end there, Just. Oh, real dark twist, yes. Yeah, her voice changed. You could just feel the anger coming through. <laughs> I, wish, I wish people like that would cough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like just yeah. there's some people you just think, oh, just cough. Grolling. Yeah, I quite, please. I, I find it quite warm though when somebody says, oh, I died in how are you this morning? Oh, I <laughs> a fag on the go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's only because that's what your voice is going to sound like in, in uh, about three weeks' time, unless you Very stop. True. Uh, thank you, Justin. Excellent stuff, my dears. Speak to you later on. Ta ta. 03459 455 555. So let's find out why it's so important that we know. This is page 11 of the Daily Mail, guys. Diane Abbott and Jeremy were lovers in the 1970s. Lovers. lovers. Jeremy Corbyn had a sexual relationship with fellow left-wing MP Diane Abbott, who he's now appointed to his shadow cabinet, it was claimed last night. So what we're saying here, some form of sexual nepotism, sexualism? Well, I mean, it's... Slow, b slow burner, if that's what it was. 35 years on, she gets a, gets a leg up, so maybe, to speak. Maybe he's waiting for round two. The alleged affair emerged after Mr Corbyn was criticised for failing to step in after Miss Abbott confronted another woman Labour MP. Witnesses told the Times that Miss Abbott... Just a minute, why should he step in? Well... It's an MP talking to another MP. Well, let's, let's find He's out. He's supposed to go in there and go, girls, girls, leave it out. Ain't worth it. 
Witnesses told The Times that Miss Abbott interrupted and criticised MP Jess Phillips for asking a sanctimonious question about the lack of women in senior positions in Mr Corbyn's top team. The incident occurred... Was that it? What was he supposed to do again? Wade in. The incident occurred during Monday's highly charged meeting of the Parliamentary Labour Group. Miss Abbott, who's been appointed Shadow International Development Secretary, was not reprimanded by Mr Corbyn for attacking the colleague who questioned his commitment to sexual equality. The Hackney MP has been a staunch supporter of Mr Corbyn's... Hang on, we're on paragraph five, and I've yet to find anything that explains this story. Uh, It emerged yesterday the pair had a brief relationship in the late 70s when he was a councillor. Mr Corbyn was separated from his first wife, Jane Chapman, a fellow Labour councillor, so that he wasn't even with his wife. Um, um, A source close to Mr Corbyn has been married three times, confirmed to the newspaper there had been a brief fling, which included a holiday together. I mean, fair play. I I bet she's quite annoying to go on holiday with. She's quite outspoken. Hmm. But... But they probably talked about policy and stuff. Well, or the, bre- or the breakfast buffet. He'd, he'd want the fry up and she'd have a go at him because it's not healthy and he should have the cereal. He'd just want to make sure everyone got their share. She'd put an apple in her pocket for later and he'd say, you can't do that. The food the, from the breakfast, you've got to eat it here. No. Well, well, then why don't you put some scrambled egg in your pocket? It's not the same, Jeremy. I've got an apple in my... You're not allowed to take the... F- if you've got the breakfast buffet, you've got to eat it in the in here, in the dining room. You can't take it out... Otherwise, it's like going to a Chinese all-you-can-eat buffet, having it, finishing it, and going back two hours later when you're hungry. It's got to be one sitting. Yeah, fair enough, Ian. It was never going to work, was it? Miss um, Phillips said after her clash with Miss Abbott, it's a shame there was no, not more sorority. We women need to stick together. No, oh, no, flipping No, no, you're MPs. You're allowed to disagree. Um... um Mr... A spokesman for Mr Corbyn said he would not comment. Miss Abbott did not respond to requests for comment. Okay, so they handled it with dignity. I don't, I've read the story. I still don't know why it's a story. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are still long delays on the M40 in both directions. Northbound two lanes are closed between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 5 for Stoke and Church. And southbound towards London, there's two, uh, one lane closed between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe. It's because of an accident involving a lorry earlier. It's causing delays on the A404 in High Wycombe, southbound from the M40 towards the Marlow Junction. In Haddenham on the A418 westbound, it's very slow between Cuddington Road and Tame Road. And also Childsway and Milton Keynes. There's reports from Andy that there's a lorry fire at the Fox Milne roundabout near the Shell Garage and that's causing smoke to be blowing across the road. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. I mean, I think what I've just read there uh, represents a new low in British journalism because, I mean, are we going to get a list of everybody that he's had it away with? I mean, are we we saying that... Are we judging his taste in women? It's not nepotism, it's... What? I just... I mean, that's so disappointing, that story. There's no pictures or nothing. (laughs) That's what we want. 
we want pictures, otherwise it didn't happen. 8.47, Thursday the 17th of September, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been agreed that Milton Keynes will accept some Syrian refugees. The council is already spending nearly a quarter of a million pounds housing children seeking asylum. A man from Watford has been charged with murdering a faith healer who was stabbed to death in Whitechapel. And worried mothers in a part of Dunstable say they can't let their children play in their communal garden for fear of them picking up discarded drugs and syringes. We're not going to let that story go. Um, I think this show is going to follow that story a bit more and at some point, maybe next week, Catherine and I are going to... Um, well, we're going to go around and have a little look for ourselves and see what we can see. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. It's going to be a pretty nice day today, particularly after all of that rain yesterday. It should stay dry. We may just see the odd stray shower, but uh, there'll be very few and far between. Most places dry. The cloud will break up where we do still have it towards western areas of Buckinghamshire and uh, we'll get some good spells of sunshine. The wind's gradually going to back around to more of a southwesterly, so it'll feel nice and pleasant in the sunshine. Highs today of around 18 Celsius, 64 in Fahrenheit. Overnight tonight, lows of around 11 degrees. There'll be a lot of cloud around. There'll probably be some mist patches as well into tomorrow morning. That could linger on, but then tomorrow's going to be a day with some sunny spells, also some showers. Those showers uh, could turn out to be heavy, thundery. They will be quite slow moving because the winds will be light, so if you get caught underneath one of those tomorrow, you may well, you certainly know about it. There'll be a lot of rainfall within a short space of time again. Um, but lots of places staying dry. There'll be some good spells of sunshine. Top temperatures tomorrow, 17 or 18 degrees, depending on the sunshine amounts. The weekend, though, is looking dry and bright. Some sunny spells around Nice and warm in the sunshine by day, but quite chilly at night with possibly some misty mornings and unsettled next week. That's the forecast. Cheers, Elizabeth. Every weekday morning. Good morning, Jonathan. Morning. Do you think it's right to tell a million disabled people they should get off benefits and find a job? Have your say on today's big phone-in. People who are going to be in nuisance are going to be in nuisance regardless of whether they're things to do. Is it true that people over the age of 65 drink far too much booze? The JVS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Waited and the receipt came out. It's become a problem of late because obviously the trees got bigger as we got here. We couldn't shut the French windows. It, it would appear that they'd buckled. I had a phone call from my daughter saying, if we don't get off the train, they're going to hand us over to the British Transport Police. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Why is there a post on the BBC Three Counties Facebook page about Christmas? I mean, it's Thursday the 17th of September. I mean, <laughs> Gary Floyd, seriously, you plum. <laughs> Bet he's writing his list. Oh, checking it twice. Uh, David is in Hitchin, of all places. Good morning, David. Good morning, Ian. What you got for us? Oh, David, hang on a minute. Do you know Liz in Hitchin? Liz? Liz. Uh, probably not. The name doesn't ring a bell. Well, hang on. Liz? Good morning, Ian. Do you know David in Hitchin? Uh, no. He's got loads of cats and he's a bit nuts. Oh, right, OK. Does that ring any bells? No. <laughs> OK, so you don't... Well, you, say hello. You both live in Hitchin. Yeah. Big, well, up, big up the Hitchin Massive, Dave. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Let's have a Hitchin loving. A love, love chin. Hitch, no, let's stop there. Uh, David, I'll leave your fader open, Liz, so you can chip in if you want. But, David, go on, what have you got for us? 
honest, not, not a great deal. Um, <laughs> he's honest, not a great deal, but thank yeah, you. We haven't had a great deal for the last three days, but um, we've persevered. Yes. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, you know, ten years and younger, mum used to send me around the shops, and I'd get a penny if I went around the stock shop, or six pence if I went uh, a lot further, and I'd go on my scooper and my push bike. Yeah. Whichever was available, yeah? Yeah. And so often, I'd leave them behind. And I'd be so tied up in my own thoughts, I'd forget, and I'd walk back with the shopping bag full of shopping. Yeah. And I'd go back hours later, and that was back in the days when you could leave something for three, four, five hours, and it was still there when you Well, hang back. on, what did you leave behind? Either my bicycle or my scooter, oh. depending on what I was taking. Well, I, I have, in, in, in the last six months, left my car behind. I've forgotten that I've driven in somewhere and I've got the train back and gone home and gone, oh, blimey, I've left the car. The, I've left it, I've had to go back and get it. <laughs> it happened. Liz, what have you got? Say there, David. What have you got for us, Liz? Can you beat leaving his scooter behind? Yes. Oh, <laughs> let's be having you. I've left my knickers behind. Wowzers. Um Um I suppose we have to continue. Liz, please tell us the story, you mucky pup. Well I'm surprised David hasn't heard of you if that's what you get up to. I must have been half asleep that morning. I got up, had a shower, quickly got dressed, went out to the bus stop to go get to work. Yeah. And um I thought it was a bit breezy. <laughs> a little bit breezy. Didn't anything of it. No. <laughs> I got to work, went to the ladies and discovered that I'd forgot to put my knickers on. Ooh. So in my tea break, I had to walk to Wilkinson to buy a packet of knickers. Classy. <laughs> Can I, were you wearing a skirt? Yes. Hi, Chihuahua. <laughs> was it, was it, would it have met Tring School standards? Was it knee length? Oh, yes, it was knee length. Beautiful. Oh, yes. So there's no chance of a Sharon Stone? No Sharon Stone unturned. <laughs> well, uh, well, well, did you? The thing is, Liz, there are some people that, that that enjoy that. Did you? Did you not think? Oh, I feel a bit. You know, I feel I a bit free. It, it was a bit breezy at the bus stop, and I couldn't understand why. <laughs> thank you, Liz. Thank you, David. Well, David uh, got more than he bargained for Gosh. with that call, didn't he? A bit off more than he could. No, let's not. Margaret's on the line. Good morning, Margaret. Oh, good morning. I want to talk about Paul Beach. Go about who? Oh, our next Prime Minister. What's his name? I mean, I think it should make headline news that they've been trying to dig the dirt on him and all they can find is that he's... He slept with a consenting adult. Yeah. He weren't fiddling with little boys. No. He hasn't um, done his expenses, fiddled them... I mean, he's, he's fiddled. He's fiddled a grown woman. Who's who's, who's up for it? It should make headline news. I mean, they they've gone really deep, dug under any stone. Well, I didn't, I didn't see read that in that story. I mean, maybe you, it's, uh, you have more detail in your newspaper. Well, he, he didn't do any of it, did he? Or else it'd be in the newspaper. I th- I think it's the first. Don't you? It does. You know, man has consensual sex with woman whilst his um, he is separated from his wife and she is not married to anybody. I mean, as is stories go, Margaret, kind? it's not that sensationalist, is it? No, well, it is because he's an MP. Normally, you find out all sorts of things. <laughs> they, were t- they were doing this, they were taking <laughs> drugs, they were fiddling with little boys. I mean... Oh, he deserves a medal for having such a 
a life like that do that they can't find any real dirt. I suspect by March next year, he won't be the leader of the Labour Party. Do you think? How do you think it's it's going to play out for Corby? Um, I don't give him much chance, but no. it would be nice to have somebody refreshing, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it might get a lot of these people that don't vote. They might actually turn out and vote for somebody like him, and that's where he might get the votes because there was an awful lot of people that didn't turn out and vote because they are all the same. They say they they're Labour. But they have the same policies as the Conservative. Did you I ever mean, sleep with someone about 35 years ago, Margaret? What was that? Did you ever sleep with someone about 35 years ago? Because if you did, it should be in the newspapers. Well, I, I, I think I had a more of an active life than he did. <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> I say, this the last two, those last two callers, it really has... Um, this well, late night love with GT. We're approaching the nine o'clock watershed. It can get a little... Thank you, Margaret. Good call. Um, well, there we go, you see. Have we got any texts that we can read? They're yeah. all a little bit... Janet um... in Cheshunt says, The Corbyn-Abbott story. If both single when it happened, then it's no one's business. If either or both married, it could show a tendency to cheat and lie, then it can be important. Nah, nah They weren't... Important. Well, he was separated. Yeah. It's not important. Nah, it's not important. It's the way they've tied it to this so-called rook. Is what? I said it's the way they've tied it to this so-called rock. Thank you very much. With an r. So a cup of coffee before bed gives you jet lag. Mm. <coughs> I'm off that train now. I'm going to climb off it soon. I just, Do it. Just, you oh, feel just better. Want, just want one more cup. Just want one more cup. Honestly. It's no secret that a coffee before bedtime can destroy your chances of a decent night's sleep. But we can no longer pin the blame entirely on the alertness-boosting effect. The alertness-boosting effect? What does that mean? Drinking a, Well, I know what it means, but it's a strange phrase. Drinking a strong coffee in the evening can produce the same effect as jet lag. Oh, this is utter rubbish. By fooling our body into thinking we are in a completely different time zone... What? What a load of old nonsense! Researchers say the beverage slows down our internal clock, making our body think it is around an hour further west than it actually is. <laughs> what?! <laughs> Do you ever sit there and think, I feel a bit funny? Oh, it's because I feel further west than I did before. I feel about an hour <laughs> further west. This is, this is, this is, this is nonsense. Where is an hour further west from here? Norwich? Germany? No, Norwich is east, isn't it? Never eat Wales. shredded wheat. Did shredded wheat, did Nabisco, did they sue compasses? They should. Because that never eat shredded wheat campaign, that was bang out of order. And it was also, we remember the... No, it wasn't. That was an attack on breakfasts. Mm -hmm. You were attacking breakfast compasses, for crying out loud. Um, as a result, some coffee drinkers are likely to find it harder to get to sleep, also find it hard to get up in the morning. It's because they're tired, because it kept them awake, and then they are tired. Also, why are they drinking coffee last thing at night? Are they crazy? Uh, it, 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 we all know that that's something you should you should uh, you should never do. That's a ridiculous thing to do, and uh, anybody what does it is uh, dicing with not sleeping. Well, I do like a nice cup of coffee, as you know, but to to have it, um, I've got to be honest. This could be one of the most boring conversations we've ever ended the show with. We can try, yeah. Ah. for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
There are queues on the M40 in both directions between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 5 for Stoke and Church. The northbound two lanes are closed because of an accident involving a lorry and there's some debris on the London Bow carriageway too, so there's a lane closed there. It's also causing queues in High Wycombe on the A404 southbound. It's slow from the M40 at Junction 4 for High Wycombe towards Marlow Road at the Marlow Junction. On the M25, it's busy between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. In Stevenage, the A602 is looking very slow westbound between the A1M Junction 8 and the A505 at Payne's Park and in Milton Keynes on Child's Way that's partially blocked by a lorry that's brakes have overheated and it's causing smoke to blow across the street by the Fox Mill roundabout near the Shell Garage. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. We're about to record the bonus material for this week's podcast. Oh yeah, every podcast it's got loads of stuff in it that we don't broadcast. Go to iTunes and download it. Back tomorrow at 6. Till then from us. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in... Is the MK councillor right that local people deserve social housing more than refugees? Last night, Milton Keynes Council voted to take in their fair share of refugees, despite the homelessness crisis in the town. Only one councillor voted against the motion. That man? Conservative councillor Andy Dransfield. He argues that charity begins at home and it's wrong to put the needs of refugees before local people. It's estimated Milton Keynes could take in 20 families over the next five years, but Councillor Dransfield warns there are thousands of people who need help and local councils do not have the resources to support them. This morning I want to hear your reaction to this. Is the MK councillor right that local people deserve social housing more than refugees? Pick up the phone, I'd love to hear your reaction to this. 03459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. So I'll take your call in just a second, but first let's get the latest BBC News. It's nine o'clock. Here's Tony Fisher. Thank you. The headlines. Milton Keynes Council agrees to accept Syrian refugees, man due in court charged with Hemel murder and Danstall mothers worried about drugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been agreed that Milton Keynes will accept some Syrian refugees. The council will now go to central government to ask how many people will be sent to the town and what funding is available to help with resettlement. The leader of the Lib Dem group on Milton Keynes Council, Douglas McCall, passed the emergency motion in favour of welcoming them. Over the five years, 20 families. So 20 families spread over five years is not a lot. In fact, I've got the feeling that the, the demand to help will outstrip the number of people coming because we've had um, volunteers. We even had a homeless charity offering spare camp beds for the refugees. Milton Keynes Council's already spending nearly a quarter of a million pounds housing 25 children seeking asylum. Across beds, hearts and bucks, a BBC Three Counties investigation has found there are currently over 150 unaccompanied asylum-seeking children being cared for. John Archer is the chief executive of the Luton-based homeless charity LAMP. A lot of them coming from Tonington um, service station, bar service station, dropped off and uh, found on the side of the road where the police picked them up and then uh, informed social services of their need. If they're unaccompanied minors, they're normally between the ages of about 15 and 17. 
A man charged with murdering a mother from Hemel Hempstead and trying to kidnap her children will appear in court today. Nicola Cross was fatally stabbed at her home in Dunlin Road on Monday night. Lee Agnew reports. The 37-year-old had been alone at home with her two young children while her husband was at work. It's been confirmed that officers had been called to the road an hour before and spoken to Marcin Pazinski, the suspect. The 25-year-old from Claymore Avenue in Hemel will also appear at Hatfield Remand Court charged with a burglary at the house next door. A teenager arrested on suspicion of burglary has been released on bail. Worried, mother, worried mothers in Dunstable say they can't let their children play in their communal garden for fear of them picking